listening to the bomb hole. Bomb hole podcast. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. <laughs> the bomb hole. Gonna slide down in big hills. You know what I mean? On the big, nice burgundy snowboard. All right, here we go again. We're back in the booth at the bomb hole, which is presented by Pub Beer. Now. We always start this thing off the same way. Stony Buds, how are we doing? So good, my dog. God, love hearing that. Now, to my left, we have Seth Brisson and Vicky Golden in the booth. How are we doing, guys? Cruising, happy good. to be here. Yeah. We are delighted to have you in the booth today. Uh, I kind of want to just start things off by um, kind of asking what happened last night when we were playing video games. We've been playing the Supercross video game. Um, and uh, yeah, wh- how, how's that been going? Uh, you don't even want to talk about my performance. <laughs> you don't even want, dude. The last gaming console I had was a PS2, mm-hmm. so I'm 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 not at anyone's level. And mm-hmm. of course, it took Vicky like two laps to figure it out and start smoking. Yeah, but yeah, you I'm not good. Doing heated battles. Yeah, we've been battling. Yeah, we've been battling. I'll tell you, I'm still trying to come back from a loss. Uh, the last race of the night, Vicky mopped me up, and uh, yeah. it was it was a tough. It's been a tough road for me. Um, but T- we're typical for Vicky, though. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> she's got good corner speed. Yeah, uh, yeah. we need to work on that. Yeah, you're so, more of a sprint guy. I'm more yeah, of a, yeah you more of a fell sprint. Fell apart at the end, and I just you mm-hmm. know. Went, went through it, and then, yeah, I'm long, I'm long game. You had the sprint lap. Yeah, so. Un- I was yeah. undisciplined out there, undisciplined. Yeah. So uh, for our listeners that are unfamiliar with Vicky Golden and Seth here, um, basically uh, they both make a living riding motorcycles, uh, which is fucking awesome. So Vicky is the best female to ever throw a leg over a dirt bike. Uh, tons of X Games medals, gold medals. She's got bronze medals. She's got X Games medals against the dudes in best whip. She mops up all the fucking dudes, which is great. Including uh, me. Including, yeah, and, and myself as well. <laughs> uh, in both racing and freestyle motocross. Um, huge part of the progression of the sport as a whole. Now, Seth rides Harleys. He does stunt shows. Makes videos. He basically wheelies Harley Davidsons for a living, which is fucking awesome. Uh, both are great on motorcycles. And then Seth grew up snowboarding. So it should be a super fun show. Um, we're going to talk motorcycles. We're going to talk snowboarding. We're going to get into all of those things. Um, Hard-hitting facts. Hard-hitting. Hard-hitting. You know, um, and then obviously Seth could, has a little room for improvement racing uh, the Supercross video game we've been playing. But uh. I have a, like, I just might as well not play. Yeah. <laughs> like, I got to go full-blown. Like, I need a trainer. Yeah. I mean, I gave you the sticks and they were just, mu- they were just soaked. <laughs> I was so nervous. You're just sweating all over <laughs> oh, the control. Just yeah. perspiring the whole time. I had to go hit the speed stick in well, then he started just going, he was just trying to take me out. And he, 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 oh, he basically he, he'd yell racecraft and then which and then hook his, his bike across the screen and go for the takeout. Does that work? <laughs> uh, a couple times he took yeah. me out. Well, a lot of times he's just completely out of control. But uh, Drunk Jim. Drunk Jim. Racecraft is, what, how would you explain racecraft? What it actually is. Not what is you that the doing. game? Is that what it's called? No, oh. the game's called Monster Energy Supercross 5. Oh, wow, Monster Energy. Yep. Racecraft, I mean, you know more about it than me. I mean, basically, like, when you're battling with someone and you kind of are predicting where they're going to go, and that's kind of something you just kind of get intuition on, like, where they're going to go, take their line from them, or if you're behind them where you think they're going to go and kind of get the pass on them, and that's basically what racecraft (laughs) is, and 
Chris doesn't have any of that. <laughs> <laughs> and my 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 like category of racecraft is how am I gonna take you out? Yes, <laughs> that is another yeah. type of racecraft. Yeah, he's got just plain dirty racecraft. Yes, <laughs> I, exactly. I actually it's called aggression. It is. Yep. I don't know if it's really considered racecraft. Anger <laughs> slash aggression. Yeah, it's good stuff. And so racecraft something that's real when you're racing. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, as like, you get better, you can really yeah. It's kind of it's you can kind of start feeling like if you're in front and you have someone behind you and you feel where they're like catching you that's when it's your time to like make your line choice different that next lap or they're gonna pass you and if you don't really have that or you don't think that's how you get passed and same thing if you're behind you you want to figure out like where they're going and where you can make a pass because it's not something you can just do like spur of the moment unless they make a big mistake so you got to actually like pick a corner on the track and be like okay next lap i'm gonna get them there wow and it works on the video game too oh yeah well, since we're talking Supercross, the video game, why don't we just jump right back to uh, actual racing and stuff? And I know, Vicky, you've been racing since you were seven. How, how did yeah. you get? How did you get into that? Uh, family. My dad was like uh, diehard Honda two strokes growing up, and he just he wanted kids that would go racing. And I had an older brother that actually, ironically, like when we grew up, he wanted to like cut his fenders and do tricks and. Uh, dad didn't have any of that he was like absolutely not we're going racing and we're gonna look clean cut and we're going racing and that's all we're doing not nothing else so grew up racing my whole life from just pretty much my dad that was that was it now it's interesting because i know at, at a pretty uh young age you were like you're racing dudes right and you're kind of mopping them up how was that for like for all the the young uh young boys dreams that you crushed out there <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was a lot of them. there's still people yeah. <laughs> it's uh i mean growing up it was like there wasn't like girls classes there wasn't even like enough to like make a class you needed at least like five and we had like maybe two growing up so it was just pretty much me even like you know starting off in all kids boys classes so um got used to a lot of kids coming off the track behind me and they're crying and their dad's yelling at them because they got beat by a girl and <laughs> it was uh i just from the get-go it was um yeah a lot of disappointment around me <laughs> for these young kids <laughs> wow <laughs> and then oh go ahead it's Buzz. an expensive sport too so i'm sure those dads were definitely oh yeah probably like even though this maybe isn't for you guys oh, oh yeah the moto, the moto <laughs> yeah. dad is a real thing it's, oh yeah they're pretty hardcore huh? tossing 500 helmets and be like i'm done you can't win we're not going back yeah <laughs> i'm like well maybe if you didn't put a half a million dollars into your son on a 50 it would allow them to have a little bit more fun yeah Crazy. What do you guys think? What do you think the key is to like make? I feel like a lot of kids like burn out because their parents are too hard on them. Hundred and ten percent. Oh yeah. Seems like the the kids that didn't get that like their parents are like race. I'll have your back either way. Those guys seem to race longer. No, you, yeah. absolutely. I mean, you've seen it more than none. But oh like, yeah, it's like so even, true. Yeah, growing up, it was if you didn't do good, you got yelled at. And like my, my dad was never like that. It was a fun factor hundred percent. So it was just something that we could do to bond, you know, father, daughter, go to the races, go ride dirt bikes, go have fun. So we kept it on the fun side and granted, did I, you know, put a hundred percent in and try my best and yeah, absolutely. But as long as we were having fun and I gave my, my best, whatever it was, if it's first, last, whatever, you know, that was the goal always. 
But now it's like you're on a 57 years old, and if you're not winning, your dad's screaming at you, and you're putting in laps, you're getting your brakes taken off, you're getting your seat taken off if you're sitting too much. So it's uh, it's pretty aggressive nowadays, and mm-hmm. I think that's pretty much the make or break because we help out like a lot of young kids, and we just tell the parents, like, you got to let them have fun. It's a kid, you know? Like that's the biggest deal breaker of them all. Like if – if you're already drilling them to do, you know, like full like boot camp style training at, you know, 10 years old, they're not going to go anywhere. It's like it's not fun anymore. No. It's already a job and they haven't even, you know, they're not getting paid for it and you're making it a job for them. So, like, where do you really think it's going to go at that point? Totally. It, uh, the thing I see at the track, too, is like uh, parents yelling at their kids to hit the doubles and stuff or the big jumps, which is like, dude, this guy, the guy's like eight years old, man. Like, he doesn't... And it's so He's terrified. Funny. He oh, yeah. to, don't let him make. Don't make him jump that. But yeah. they, I guess it works. Cause they end up. Because <laughs> <laughs> like so many times you'll have like the moto parents like freaking out at a kid for not doing a jump, and they can't even fucking ride a bicycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, why don't you go jump it first? Show mm-hmm. them how to do it, and they're like, "Oh, okay, never mind." <laughs> they take their seats and their brakes off too. Oh on yeah. These little kids. Oh yeah. So harsh. I mean, I got a little bit of it. My dad would like. We couldn't afford a lot. We had like a lot of like local what we call privateers that you know, go racing on their own dime instead of being supported by like factory riders. So he would kind of like pay the factor or the privateers to kind of take me out and i had one we would go ride out in the hills and we built a track out in the hills and he like went into the garage to pick me up and he like started going out to my rear brake and i'm like what are you doing he's like you don't know how to use the front brakes you're not using the rear today and i'm like oh and we're like going up and down all these big hills and i'm just like terrified just using front brake that i've never used before and shifting down and well, sure enough, I figured out how to use a front brake. <laughs> so it works, huh? Oh, yeah, it works. It does. And, like, she, like, to this day will teach me, like, so much random stuff that you would never think of like that. Like, how much pressure you can actually use on a front brake before you fully lock off and go over the bar. Yeah. Stuff like that that, like, you forget. And then, like, it's just been so natural to her from that age because of stuff like that. It's it's kind of crazy to see how like stuff like that stick with you. Yeah, good fundamentals, whether you're on a board or on a moto or whatever, if you learn it when you're a kid, it always sticks with you. Oh, but absolutely. Oh, yeah. One thing I want to run back to, I think it's interesting to talk about how you came up through the ranks uh, in, in your race career and explaining like the women's classes and that type of stuff, for especially for people that maybe don't understand uh, how racing dirt bikes works and stuff. Uh, yeah, so I mean like, there wasn't a women's class or a girls class for, you know, the younger kids growing up. And my dad was actually one to like fight and push for that. We were like, I think we had like three or four like local girls that would go up and show up and race. And he was the one to like push for it and be like, Hey, we've got, we've got at least a couple, like let's, let's put a girls class on. So it kind of grew from there and there's still a professional women's circuit going on. But, uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't enter that until I was like, 17 maybe 17 i think and um that was just pretty much because yeah, i won loretta lens which is like your prestigious amateur racing career stuff and i won the women's class in that and we were hoping to get some support to go racing in another year of amateur racing and didn't get any support and uh we were really banking on that to be able to go racing for amateur stuff again because it's all over the the country you're going to texas you're going to tennessee and when you're based in california that's a lot of money to get there and you got to spend a whole week there so my dad was like, all right, well, if uh, if we can't get support to go be an amateur, we're just going to go pro because it's closer. We had two rounds in California, so I was like, all right, well, that's closer. Let's just do that, <laughs> and that, that was pretty much how I turned women's professional 
was just to go racing that way. But yeah, I was a, it was a short lived career for women's racing. I wasn't too stoked on just the, the amount of competition. And it just like, uh, we kind of talked about it at dinner the other night. It was just like the women just didn't really jive with me because I was the one to like pretty much just hit them with the truth. And a lot of them were like demanding more laps. And I'm like, but you can't even do the amount of laps that we're given because I'm already lapping you. So, and it wasn't just me. I was getting like fourth place. But if I'm getting fourth and I'm still lapping you because you're too tired to finish the race, why are you demanding more laps? And so I just, I don't know. I didn't really jive with all the women too well because I was pretty much just truthful with them. And then you ended up going and racing against all the dudes. Right. Yeah, I basically just went back to my roots. I was like, well, I mean, this was fun while it lasted. And I, like, came in at, like, the peak of the women's uh, uh, events because they were getting TV time there on the same day as the men, uh, the men's pro national. So it was, like, the peak of that series. It kind of fell off pretty much after I left. But, um, yeah, I just was like, well, if I'm not making this much money and I'm not having fun at the races, why am I here? So I decided to go race arena cross with the guys because I just had fun racing arena cross and that style of riding. And it was, it was just cutthroat racing. So I was getting bar bangs every, it was like basically like how we played in video games. It's like, <laughs> like this dude coming just straight over on you to take your line away and just T-bone them, T-bone you. It was like, that was what I was living. <laughs> That'd be me. Yeah. <laughs> That's dope. And then, so you're, you're, I was looking, cause I don't know much about the race career. I was looking at some stuff. So you were the first woman to make the night show in, in arena cross, right. And in super, super cross. Yeah. So like the way uh, arena cross is like your stepping stone to super cross. Yeah. It's in a smaller stadium. We're doing it like hockey uh, arenas and uh, like uh, basketball arenas. So they're really tight, which is even pretty gnarly because now you're coming out of corners that are really, really tight, small, and everything's just peak. So you have to actually be on your A game because the the proper arena cross was gnarly. They had whoops up to like your shoulders some weekends and you're just like, you had no run in and you're just like do or die every 20 seconds because that's how fast the laps go by. So I, I kind of went and raced that because that was your stepping stone to get there. And it was the best way for me to learn to go race supercross is just have that have that track and be able to have that seat time so i spent a lot of years racing arena cross and it helped me a lot to go get gold medals at x games because of the same style riding there so i was just bar banging with the dudes and then i'd show up to the women and i actually sucked in the whoops and i would get passed by dudes all day long in the whoops and then i'd show up and that was actually my strength against the women and i like blitz the whoops no problem because they're pretty small and easy and none of the other girls would even blitz them so i was like that's kind of weird. Like my strength just be, or my weakness just became my strength. But yeah, it was just like, I rode arena cross for so long that I showed up to X games to race like against the women. And it was like, I was just like seven seconds in my heat race faster and no one was even near me. I was like, Whoa, this is insane. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's sick. That's dope. And stacked up a bunch of X games. That was when X games used to have races and stuff. And yeah, that was fun watching that, that one where the, where you fit, you, Barely squeaked in first, and the end was yeah. awesome. I yeah, yeah, I got lucky on that one. That's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, are there other women doing what you were doing, racing with the dudes and arenas and all that? Uh no, I was I was the Just only you. one. Yeah, for pretty much the whole time I did. I think there was like one other woman that showed up to try, but um, yeah, it's it's gnarly, especially like you see it on TV and you think the jumps are small, but when you like show up and like you're on the floor looking at all these things, you're like, oh man, this is terrifying, huge. Yeah, it's pretty hard. Yeah. 
Sim- I hate it. It's similar when you go to a snowboard contest with slope style stuff. You're like, you see it on TV. You're like, I could do that. And then you actually go. You're like, these guys are going like jump speed. It's at monstrous. the rails. Yeah, Same oh, jumps yeah. are huge. But actually, Moto's way gnarlier, not to discredit that. But oh, but still. dude, you like, you go to like a true like slope style course and you're like, oh, look at that down bar. And it's like this, it's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, super yeah. tall. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not going super fast, like to get on it, you're catching the rail. It's like six feet high. 100%. It's heavy. Yeah, that's killer. Well, let's. Well, I want to get back into that stuff, Vicky. But I think we should run it back because Seth, he really, he grew up uh, snowboarding. Now, obviously, shreds a Harley. But I had no fucking idea when I met you guys, like that you used to snowboard <laughs> yeah. until I uh, met him at Washougal. But yeah, uh, yeah. What was your what was it like growing up on the east and snowboarding a lot? So yeah, like I grew up in Connecticut, which I mean, pretty much pretty close to where you are. And so what you said was like our local mountain. Let's give him an air horn. That's right. Like that little East Coast, little mm-hmm. donkey, little donkey D. Yeah, shout saying, out to Duncan Mountain. What is it? Yeah, that's right oh, where wow. I grew up. Yep. Sick. So like growing up, like I didn't snowboard till I didn't really start snowboarding till probably I was like four, 13, 14. And then one of my homies in high school got me into it and took me and like I grew up skateboarding, so I picked it up like right away. And all my buddies were bummed because like I used to like I would hit all the shit at the skate park on a, like on skateboarding. So once I got used to it with snowboarding, I was like, holy shit, the board stays with you. It's pretty ne- it's pretty easy to pop on the rails. And then I like I did I snowboarded for years and like one of my best friends, Joel, he um he went to school in like uh where'd he go? Uh Lindenville, Vermont, I think. Okay. So I yeah. would have it was good. So I like they had a mountain Burke Mountain, and I like I used to go up there when I graduated high school, and I literally would sleep in his dorm. I would take his roommate season pass, and I would snowboard there all the time. But I met so many. It's it's just crazy because like when I started snowboarding, like I I wanted to be a professional snowboarder. Like I was set on that. I would go and try to do all the rail jams. I would try to do all the contests. Like I would see like Rigo was like one of the kids on the East Coast that I would remember like seeing his YouTube videos. Got to give Rigo air horn. But oh, yeah, he's a G. And, like, I literally would watch his YouTube videos, and he would be, like, back in the day, he'd be getting, like, ice from the ice rink, and he'd be skating a court. He'd be hitting a corrugated tube in his yard, and I was like, I want to do this. Yeah, we'll we'll throw the footage on the screen for those who are, are watching on YouTube, but uh, Seth started showing me footage, buds. This guy, he's a fucking certified problem out there he on the steel. He's a, he's a problem on the steel. We're talking, you know, back ones on. Really? Yeah, dude, he was going, he was absolutely beating down this corrugated he had in his backyard. Because he saw Rigo do it. 110%. <laughs> That's so And then sick. I was like, dude, this kid, like, just his style and how, like, I was just like, this kid's a G. I'm Rigo's like, pretty damn good. Oh, he's a bad dude. Yeah. And I always hit him up all the time. I'm like, you have the sickest style. Like, still watch all of his shit. And I'm like, yeah. it's trippy. But what? it's. Can we talk about the fit you were running? Oh, dude, I was always tight pants. <laughs> oh, really? Hundred and ten percent. I'd be like, yeah, these are these are too big. I, can't. I felt like Sinbad out there in pants. <laughs> the tighter we, the we, better, huh? We call it the Aladdin fit when they get really big. That yeah. those Aladdin pants, the Sinbad fit. Oh, dude, they're full blown Aladdin. If you catch a cross breeze, you're. You're off. You're trash bag. It's like two trash bags on your for your pants. Yeah, there's some new ones out this season that are huge. Oh, they're heavy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would always, like, dude, I would buy my pants because, like, they would never make, like, good, like, slim fit pants. They were either, Mm -hmm. like, you'd, like, I was never, like, I couldn't wear, like, a chick pair of snowboard pants. I'm like, I still got to at least buy a guy one. Mm -hmm. So then I'd just, like, sew them up. 
<laughs> you, you saw go. them yourself. Oh yeah. There used to, so Buds. I don't know if you know Eastone started Tech Nine, the company Tech Nine. He's the founder of it. No shit. But, yeah. but uh, so they're the biggest. They, they make the baggiest. Yeah, we stuff. we were making the baggy. And so pants. there was a, there used to be almost like a tight pants baggy pants beat. Hundred and ten percent. Yeah, dude. Tight, like, it was like it was like if you had baggy pants, your stance was as far as it would go. Mm-hmm. And then when I started spending a lot of time in Vermont, it was just like I was the only one in the slope. I'd be like you know tight pants hoodie, and then everyone else was like the gnarliest wide stance 15 5x shirts and they would be like longest and they'd be like a four there'd be a rainbow row of Mm -hmm. shirts and then i would just get bagged on for my pants Mm -hmm. until i'd have to like just show up and try stuff those are probably all the lucas magoon followers (laughs) in vermont wearing those those crazy clothes oh for sure but dude it's like that whole vermont crew is like some of the raddest kids i've met growing up like they were just always like they were just down for a good time and they like were snowboarding specifically because like they liked it like, that's what they wanted to do. Like, they did it for fun. Like, no, but like, there were some kids that were so gnarly that I met, like, in the Vermont area of snowboarding, and they just did it for the fun of it. They could care less about ever stacking clips, and, like, none of them were ever filming. They were just doing hot laps through the park just because they loved doing it. Yeah, there's a lot of rippers from VT. Everybody knows Vermont has the best mountains in the east, so uh, that's why there's so many good good rippers from Vermont, huh, Chris? No comment. <clears throat> so, uh, oh, this is a heated debate. Yeah, that's, I'd <laughs> oh, like boy. to agree to disagree on that one. Uh, uh, I mean, we can, we can get into it, but Massachusetts, it's like uh, the, the amount of jerseys and the rafters from Massachusetts. It's like a fucking all-star there's game. There's something in much. the water. There's something in the water there. You mean Todd well, Richards, you guys all Big go Mountain, to Vermont, Jimmy Jones, right? Scott to Stevens. Where, you know? That's where Todd cut his teeth was in Vermont. <clears throat> Actually, Wachusett. He's from Wachusett area. So it's not about where you go, it's about where you're from. So let's just, mm. let's stay on target here, buds. Um, <laughs> but what, what, I, what I'd like to do, though, is uh, I, I'm curious about how you went from uh, Seth, the like tight pants, uh, corrugated God, ripping front flips to uh, Harley wheelie guy, Seth. So like I kind of, I pretty much like, like I was saying, like I literally was like, I'm going to make a living snowboarding. And then one winter I was sitting at home cause I, I did construction growing up. So I would pour concrete, do like stone walls, shit like that. And then I would get laid off during the winter. So I would always travel and snowboard and do that kind of stuff. And then one year I'm sitting like somebody, one of my buddies sends me a YouTube link of these dudes from California doing wheelies on Harleys. And I was like, what the fuck? That's the sickest shit I've ever seen. I'm like, nobody rides these like huge bikes like that. And like, I grew up riding and racing. And so I like came from like kind of dirt bikes and stuff like that. But then when I seen these guys riding them like that, I was like, it tripped me out. So I like, my dad always had Harley. So I've always been around it. And like, I think my dad had one when I was like 14 and he used to let me rip it. So I was just ripping around the streets of Connecticut, like 15 on the Harley so like uh, that winter, I was like, dad, we got to, I have to get one. So I found one, bought it. And I like messaged these dudes on Instagram. I was like, Hey, what do you got done to these bikes? And they were like, they told me like how they ride them. So then that like winter I snowboarded, did all my shit. And then summertime came around and I like finally got a smartphone, finally got an Instagram. And I started ripping the Harley. And like at that time there was like two dudes, they were all from California and they like two or three guys and they were like hitting their fender, like full 12 o'clock on them. And then I like, I had, I finally figured out how to ride him a wheelie. him. so I posted a clip of me dragging fender and like, I blew my taillight off, like sparks are flying. And then I woke up the next day and like, I posted on Instagram, woke up the next day. And then I'm like, the fuck? I'm like, why do I have all these followers all of a sudden? I'm like, I had like two yesterday. So I'm like scrolling, scrolling. Then one of my buddies is like, dude, I can't believe you got shouted out from unknown. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, no way. And sure as shit, like the dudes that I was hitting up 
like a couple of months before about what they had to do their bikes. Like they hit me up and they're like, dude, what the fuck? That's so sick. Like, where are you from? So I instantly started like talking to them about like how they do it and like what they do. And then that kind of like that, they were like, you got to come out to California and meet us and ride with us and kind of like, you know, cause like there's no one else out there doing that shit and you're going to complete as far East as you can go. So then that summer I worked and worked and worked, saved a bunch of money, bought a hammered ass fucking Ford van for like 800 bucks, went through it, worked on it, loaded up my Harley and drove across the country. And I slept on this dude's couch that I met on Instagram for like three months. And that's kind of how I got the whole introduction to like the Harley world and like everything in California. And it, I just remember like I was driving out there. I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm like, I'll just sleep in my van in your driveway. And he's like, the fuck do you mean? He's like, we don't have driveways out here. And I was like, what the fuck, where am I going? And like, you know how it is. Like you're on the East coast, dude. And like you live in small town politics. Like you go to a coffee shop and they have your coffee waiting for you. Mm-hmm. So like for me to drive into California, never experiencing it, I was like mind. How old are you at this point? 24, 23, 24, sick. Uh, amazing. And then also there's something you mentioned briefly earlier too, about, um, like, I feel like you, you, a lot of people from the East coast have a good work ethic. And do you feel like the working, you said you work construction, you did concrete. Do you feel like that helped you with, um, just like applying yourself to like, I'm going to fucking make it million Harleys. Yeah. 110%. Cause like, as soon as like I made that connection and I seen like the rise of like, they started making money for a living doing it. And I was like, this is what I'm going to fucking do. I'm like, it's like, it's on my plate. So I like, dude, I would work like six twelves. I would literally like six twelves, pocket my money, pocket my money. And then I bought, like I said, bought the van, put, I have like worked on it myself. Cause like my dad literally like he could, you could give him anything and he'd fix it. Mm-hmm. He's the type of person who would rather pay somebody to fix something he messed up than for him to not try it himself. Right. Yep. And like, I'm the same way. Like you ask her, like I fucking can't stand paying people to do stuff. <laughs> so, it, but it was like, and then, like I said, like that some that winter, I like packed up, got my pink slip, pinned it, slept on the couch. And then like that year we filmed, made a relationship. And then I was like, Hey, I'm out. I got to go back home and work. So I literally left and like my boss called me and he's like, Hey, like I gotta, like, if you want, like we're going back to work next week. So I'm like, fuck. So I loaded up the van, drove all the way back across the country. And then I was back to work. And then that summer, I think they hit me up and they're like, Hey, we have a supercross show in MetLife and like, or not MetLife, Gillette. Gillette. Yep. So they're like, do you want to come and do it? It's close to your house. And I was like, uh, sure. So then that, I was like, that was one of my first shows I did with them. And then actually, no, it was right, right before that they had a show at Boston Harley and they called me and they're like, Hey, you want to come up with your bike? And like, after that we can go film and ride in the streets. And I went up there and I unloaded my bike and everything. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, when you guys are done with the shows, let's go ride. And they're like, no, fuck that. You're riding in the show with us. And that was like my first introduction to like, dude, I've never like, I've done rail jams and stuff like that, where there's like a couple people watching you. But when there's like a stacked crowd of barriers and you have a 700 pound bike getting ready to explain fly what through. you do in a show for the people that are like, what the fuck's he talking about doing a show? Cause yeah. What do you do in a Harley show? So pretty much like you just like, obviously like I do like wheelies burnouts and stuff like you wouldn't normally do on the motorcycle. Like 90% of like your Harley buyers and the population of them, like buy them for cruising. And then we like build them is like kind of build them to beat them. Like we wheelie, we burn out, we drift them. And it's just kind of like you just do stuff to amp up the fans. Like you do things on them that you normally wouldn't see. Like we're wheeling them, we're doing donuts, we're drifting them. We do like, we'll do cone races. So like we're battling, like banging bars, just like we do on moto. But 
we're on 700 pound motorcycles so it's pretty gnarly yeah it's scary like wheeling a pit bike is extremely difficult and you guys are on this machines where it's like if you if you get up and you wheelie over you're getting crushed by a like a fucking car basically oh uh, they're yeah they're gnarly and they they're so heavy and just so different than like everything else you've rode because nothing about the bike is designed to do what you want to do on it like they're not weighted right <laughs> yeah. they're not like every like everything on it hates what you're doing mm-hmm. that's and why like a rigid crash too like you see like motocross crashes or like anything else like they kind of like hit and they still have like forward momentum i feel like on a harley everything just stops and it's yeah, just everything the most breaks. rigid crash you ever see yeah talking about crashes what was the you talking about one where you ran out of gas what happened there yeah i was like fully like posted 12 o'clock like dragging the fender and i went to go pull the clutch into coast and i like i spaced it and i was too low on gas so the thing fully ran out of gas and when like i let the clutch out it just ripped out from underneath my hands and i kind of like flat backed it landed on the street and just watched my harley just like land landed on both wheels and just kind of kept cruising down the road and just went in the gutter and tipped over oh my god nothing happened though that was at a show no that was actually that was we were just filming in the streets but i have crashed during a show oh yeah what happens when you crash during a show i want to hear about this that's fucking awful so but, what wheelie over or what i so like it was dude it was like the last clip of the weekend we did show saturday we did show sunday and the shows were done but they were like hey we want to get one more clip we want you guys wheeling through the freestyle ramp so like they had like people jumping the 75 and then we were going to wheelie but like through the middle but like we never wheelied that way the whole entire like shows and there was like a full there was like a a drainage ditch in the middle so mm-hmm. the whole parking lot was pitched for the water to go in so i'm on the right so i pick it up and i start wheeling and i'm like i'm yanking it trying to pull it to kind of like get my bike to go right and as i look left there's like my buddy Cade, who we were doing shows with is like parked just like on his fender and i'm like oh fuck i'm gonna hit him so i slam the back brake come down i just hit the back of Cade. he doesn't even know that i hit him but like buddy and nick are behind me in the show so i hit Cade, and i'm like i try to save it i'm like oh i'm gonna save it i'm not putting it down and sure as shit like dude i slam the ground like my finger gets like stuck underneath the clutch lever just like grinds the meat off of it i hit my oh, face God. but like i hit the ground and i literally picked the bike back up in two seconds to make i was like oh god i don't want anyone knowing i crashed <laughs> and i was like dude are you good are you good i'm like fuck i was just so embarrassed i was just like i didn't even care what was wrong with me at that point but i was like fuck are you kidding me mm-hmm. but luckily i don't think a lot of people seen it i think, I think like i think the landing ramp i think the landing ramp saved oh me. yeah you're hidden behind the landing ramp oh dude it was like be- it was absolutely mm-hmm. best case scenario for a crash and then also speaking of shows too, I was we were just at Supercross and Vicky was doing a show hitting uh basically the dirt bikers they hit a seventy five foot gap. It's a ramp off of a fucking metal ramp into a inflatable I saw that portable on your, landing. Uh, Graham. Yeah. Uh yeah, how is it how is it doing the shows on the dirt bikes, Vicky? Dude, it's fun. I mean, it's a little tough here at elevation. Your uh, your 450 feels like you're riding basically half the power. It feels like a turd out there, and you're just like, oh, man. Like, we pushed the ramp in a little bit just to help it. And not to mention we have, like, parking lots are all different. So you, with this one, we had a huge uphill, and we're just like, okay, we're down on power. We pushed the ramp in. Now we have a big uphill. And we're like, all right, let's see how it goes. And that's pretty much what you just kind of – hope and see how it goes and see where you land the first one but it's been pretty good so far i mean you get to ride your dirt bike in front of a bunch of people and have fun with all your friends i mean you can't really ask for much more than that what's up with the landings i've never seen those before that they're just uh they're all soft now 
Yeah, big bounce house. But you house. can still land on <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I think it's just kind of going that direction. I mean, yeah, it's a little safer for us. I mean, normally we ride, like, like scaff landings, which is just, like, or, like, something like a trailer you pull, and then you fold the wings out to make it a little wider. They're but rigid. They're really rigid, and then you go from the transition from the landing ramp into the street is also rigid. So it's just like if you're doing a lot of shows, it just takes the, the toll on your joints. So it just it, feels way better. Yeah, it's just the just the bags are just like it's just easier for us, especially like I said, if we like we did Daytona Bike Week, which is eight days in a row, and it's like three shows a day. So it just like kind of helps the body. And we've had like bad crashes where like you've we've had Bilko fall out upside down, and if he was on a portable, he probably would have been dead. Wow. So it, last it, year in yeah, Salt Lake. He did really? This time last yeah. year. His, oh, no way. He was doing a knack flip, and so you take one leg off upside down and kick it over the other side, and as he came back to swing his leg back over, his leg that was locked in slipped out. So he was pretty much out from under his bike uh, upside down. <laughs> And that bag saved his life. Really. Yeah. Oh so, my god! So as long it, as you get the bike, away, he wasn't there it's this year. Soft. I just noticed, huh? Yeah. Yeah, he's in Australia right now. Oh, he's okay. Yeah, yeah, but it'll save your life too. So it's kind of a good, good and bad scenario. We kind of are dealing with now. We we call them bag babies that can't do anything except to except a bag. The bag. So <laughs> like we we definitely like make a stamp that like we use them, but we don't abuse them either. So like you, if you can't do it to dirt, it doesn't count type mm-hmm. thing, you know. So uh, so we have a lot of like well, yeah, we have like we call them bag babies. <laughs> you don't want to be a bag baby. Bag yeah. Baby. yeah. <laughs> 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 that we they're basically they were designed to to learn on and be a good stepping stone to dirt. Uh, now we're bringing them to shows just because it's easier for load in and things like that. And like I said, longevity. But yeah, don't get it twisted that we don't use them just because we can't do it to dirt either. Mm. That makes sense. You know, it's interesting in snowboarding. There's a generation. Our generation is you learned everything to snow because yeah, and there then wasn't they, bags. They, then they started getting the inflatable. Uh, ba- there's bag babies in snowboarding too. Yeah. When I think about it too, because there's yeah. kids that practice all summer into an airbag. And they they can go like dead straight on like a bristle takeoff and chuck. I mean, I seen a twenty two hundred or whatever the hell they're up to. That's mental. And, and, yeah, it's but crazy. then they they might not. The thing is, is like they might not be able to rip um, the mountain the way they can just go straight off of a jump. Yeah. yeah. Hence a bag baby kind of. Yeah. We I mean we have freestyle riders that can only pretty much just point and shoot and do the trick, and mm-hmm. then you get them anywhere else. And you're like, oh god, this guy's gonna die. But <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> But I mean, but yeah, they're, I mean, we just have those types of riders, but at all levels too, like professional ones, you see them like anywhere else or like they get squirrely after or before and you're like, oh God, they're not going to make it. But like, that's, I guess like I'm stoked because like all my friends come from like actual like riding and racing backgrounds. So we never really fall into that category, thankfully. Totally. You know what I was thinking when I was watching you guys yesterday? Cause I was watching the Harley guys do wheelies and I'm like, this is fucking awesome. And then I'm watching you guys do just big ass whips on, and I'm just like, motorcycles kick ass. Like I just had this epiphany, <laughs> like watching. Rat. It's like anybody walking by can appreciate it. People walk like, you know, Gary from Indiana is like, oh, look at that, you know. Yeah, everyone enjoys oh, watching yeah. that happen. Oh, absolutely. They're <laughs> loud, obnoxious in your face. It's perfect. Oh yeah, and I mean, like getting like we say it all the time. Like what you see on TV, no matter what sport it is, like you watch it on TV, but if you get to see it live. It's a completely different like experience to be able to see it live and like up close and personal and not through a screen. It's completely different. Puts everything into perspective. Yeah, 
hundred percent. Like well, seventy five is huge. Like what they jump, it's like it's funny, like you hit seventy five on a track on a dirt bike and you're like, Oh, it's it's super mellow, but for some odd reason, like when you take away all the shit in the middle, you're like, Yeah, yeah I don't know about that. Yeah, like, a little bit put it in the street and you're like, Oh, that's kinda big. Yeah, with asphalt. <laughs> well it's also the the it's a steep takeoff compared to the, I feel like the tracks are like mellow. More border crossy. How many of these shows do you guys do a year? It kind of depends. I'm, I'm thankfully like I have a, a good relationship with monsters. So they have me at a lot of different shows and different events. So I'll do a lot with them, do Supercross. Um, we did bike week, uh, last year we did like Loretta Lynn's amateur national. So we kind of got sent all over and doing like a lot of cool different stuff. Um, this year I think, uh, I'm set to do like monster contracts, this guy named Keith Sayers, and he does, like, a lot of, like, other shows, too, but Monster Contracts, and because he owns the the ramp and the landing. So he's kind of been hitting me up to go do other stuff, too, now. So I've got, like, uh, some event in Miami we're going to do on the beach, which is pretty cool. Um, be sick. We're going to do an F1 race in Canada. So, like, he's kind of setting me up to do some other cool events, too, as well. So it's not just strictly for Monsters. So I kind of get to go a little bit of everywhere. I think we're going to do MX and Nations later this year, which is, like, the biggest Where deal. Is that? It's at Redbud. Oh, is that Redbud this yeah. year? Yeah. Oh, I, I think you need to go. I actually have friends that are going. Yeah, and, uh, you might need to go. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. Get a chainsaw maybe. And Without a doubt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No yeah. choice. Yeah. If, it, if it's that, yeah, it might you need have, a chainsaw. Yeah. Freaking A. Redbud. Okay. Add that to the calendar. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that'll be sick. Stamp that one. You're going. Totally. Chris's calendar for the bomb hole is just every other week, like a oh, it's some depleting. sort of race going yeah. on that he's going to. <laughs> I know. He's... Or, He's I'm like the gnarliest like, racer on? I've ever met that's more committed to this sport than most racers yeah. I've met. You are. It's pure dedication. <laughs> well, the best is I, I buy parts for my dirt bike, and it's like, do I need an ECU? Uh, yep, add to cart. It's like, no, dude, you need to learn how to fucking corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but dude, like, it's hard to look good, yeah. and you look good. Yeah, to go oh, straight, yeah. yeah let, so it's called look fast, go slow. That's oh, our yeah. motto here. We have it at home. We say style never dies, and I'm like, thank God for that, because if it wasn't, we wouldn't have a job either. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Well, it's cool how we, we actually met. I never knew either of you guys. I mean, I knew who you guys were, but we were in Washougal, which is a track in Washington, and and I was sitting there in my staging area before practice for one of the races, and and you guys just happened to be right next to us, and, and Seth started talking. He's like, "Oh, you snowboard? I used to snowboard." And then we just we met through dirt bikes, which is cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Seth was like a big fan girl. He's like, "Vicky, you don't understand." I was like, "You don't understand <laughs> oh, you who he was." was. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. And like, I've known who he, I've known who you are for ye- like forever. I knew you grew up like a freaking an hour from me, and like same like area and shit. And like, I've followed you for years in snowboarding, and like that's what trips me out. Like coming here and seeing all these pictures on the wall. It's like I, I fucking remember every single one of these moments because like snowboarding was my fuck like that was it like I was like this is what I want to do and then I think it's funny as shit because I meet you like 15 years after at a motocross at a track, motocross track. <laughs> I'm like why is there a snowboarder riding that I don't get it and he's like he really likes it <laughs> I know and you would talk just pursue my career in my mid 30s just really good time I think it's gonna take off yeah now that's when your fitness peaks yeah. right? yeah. don't listen to what they say look at Ken Block man oh, yeah. he made a career yeah, so late yeah could be you dog yeah I think uh, if I move up out of C to B A I should be in super <laughs> Cross. Let me see. Yeah, it should be racing. Five forty. I mean, yeah. I mean, hey, that's not Twitch bad had a, Twitch had a big midlife crisis. What two last year? Yeah. Last year had a big midlife crisis, and he was like, "We bought, got like bought a camper. Yeah, he bought racing. a huge trailer." 
and went to go camping and like we were like doing two stroke national and he's like oh we're going <laughs> yeah he got a, he and, got a trophy and yeah. he was just fired and i'm like dude you have like so you have like what 17 18 gold medals and like i was like don't you have enough trophies he's like yeah but this one has a piston on it yeah. <laughs> i'm like okay <laughs> dude that's the thing she said to me i missed like my i think i missed the 12th place trophy in Washougal by one i i got it by went to a, it went to 11 and the trophies went to 11 because they take 30 percent or 33 percent or whatever of people and so i was just outside the the trophy thing and i'm i was like fuck i didn't get a trophy god damn it i got 12 and vicky's like who wants a 11th place <laughs> I'm like I, I was do just thinking I that. do <laughs> I was like they get <laughs> trophies for 11th place that like, trophy geez. has a dirt bike on yeah, it exactly. not a snowboard wow <laughs> I got a 6 right now I got a 6 from a G Grand Prix and I, got, I, I, I am happier to that than an X Games gold medal I'll tell you that right now the 6 place is on the mantle that, so the yeah. X Games is in the fucking yeah. corner you know you don't understand the work that's gotten put into this his X Games money the work in his garage yeah I have no idea where he is yeah. So we got to take all this money from the bomb hole. It goes to the racing career. So yeah. <laughs> got to keep supporting. Chris is like looking the part. You guys all have the same sleeves on your on your. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm like, stealing it from. This is a this yeah. is a fast ass rip off. Like, no, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you look fast. You go, yeah, yeah, you go checkered flag. Everybody's like, that guy must be fast. Yeah, that dude's got a dirt bike for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, it's talking about training hard. The one thing it's I thought was interesting when you're talking about pursuing your racing career, you're saying you got like sick basically from like, you know, pushing it. These guys like train so fucking hard. Yeah. So like that year too, it was like, we kind of talked about it off, off the show, but it was like Epstein bar was like your, what we thought in the industry of like your go-to excuse. If you like weren't riding as good as you thought you were. And it was just like, Oh, I have Epstein bar. And they'd go away for a while and then... What's you know, Epstein bar? It's basically, layman, it's like, like a lot of people, it's like a form of mono, which is what oh. you get, in, get as a kid and pretty much in school. They call it the kissing disease. Yeah. <laughs> but um, basically Epstein bar is like a form of that. It's basically like overtraining syndrome is mm. what it comes down to. And it's an autoimmune disorder. But basically you, I was my own mechanic at the time. My mechanic that I got was so bad that I just was like, I'll do it myself. Wow. And so I did all that. And then I was training, I was doing, you know, racing on the weekends and then still going to the gym, putting in my laps, like everything. And I was telling him my schedule was like, I'd fly or Monday was a training day. Uh, Tuesday was a training day. Wednesday I'd fly to the East coast. Then, uh, Thursday and Friday I'd wake up at like 3am do press until pretty much the sun went down. And then Friday we do a little bit more press tech inspection. And then Saturday would be racing all day. And then Sunday I'd fly home back to California. So I never even had a rest day and I was just like pinned. How long did you keep that up for? Uh, the racing series is like seven, 18 weekends long. Wow. And about halfway through, I was just like, I was not feeling good. And then I was not getting the results I wanted. And then I was, like, pissed off. I'm like, fuck, I didn't get what I wanted. I'm working harder now. And that's, like, the opposite of what yeah. you need to do. And you're just fired up, and you're like, nothing's working. And and I was just, like, at that time, it was, like, that was the year Tyler Bowers and Cooper Webb were, like, battling for the 250F uh, West Coast Championship. And Tyler had it, too. And we have the same doctor. And he was like, dude, I think you have what Tyler has. And so, sure enough, I got checked and got my blood work done. And I had, like, the gnarliest numbers that you could – they weren't even – they stopped counting at, like, 700 or something. And they're, like, just, like, you maxed out. 
And that's what me and Tyler had. And I just like lost like 30 pounds, couldn't even race. And like we basically how you qualify in for Supercross is you do one fast lap and whatever your lap times is, is they kind of rank it by that. So I only had to put a minute of my life together to do it. And I was just like 20 seconds in, I'm like fighting not to throw up. I'm just dying. And I'm just like, I got to put a minute together, a minute together. And just like, that was just like my life on Saturdays was just trying to put my life together for one minute. And most of the time I couldn't do it. Wow. And <laughs> it's just overtraining. Yeah. And just, it just ruins you pretty much. And then they say it's like a career ending in like illness basically. And you can't really like fully go- get rid of it. It's just something you, you learn to deal with and you just have like flare ups basically where you just feel completely run down and you can't do pretty much anything you deal with like a lot of brain fog and you just couldn't focus and I was like going to practice tracks during the week that I've put you know hundreds and hundreds of laps in and I'd like come up to the face of something be like I don't even remember what's on the other side and like I was just like I can't even ride right now so it pretty much like ruined my racing career and that's like where my transition into freestyle came because I was like well freestyle you have to do one jump and then you just turn around and cruise <laughs> and then you just turn and do one more jump so it was like a little less physically demanding than yeah. racing is so that's basically what transitioned into my freestyle career was, was i got too sick to go racing and you like freestyle better now anyways yes and no or I still, you miss racing i still miss racing but then there's those She's super cross track yeah there's those super cross tracks though that i'm just like i look at them like oh dude i could do that one that one looks fun and then i see other ones where they do like the gnarliest sections and the biggest set of webs i'm like yeah i'm good so like, it's it's a give and take you just go to places like washugal and mop these guys up and feel good and <laughs> yeah well luckily we don't race the same class so. you were saying how she beat your time and all that and she was like oh. the fastest one there or something yeah oh yeah ripping holies yeah it was great um yeah it's heavy yeah, I we, deal with that on the daily. Well, we raced on a team, and da- we went to Day in the Dirt. Oh, yeah. We were bossing over. Yeah. Us three was a team of oh, three. Oh, you guys were a team. Yeah. Like, Three-man team. And all all of us on track at once. Nice. Yeah. And uh, when they called, uh, I think Seth was like, hey, do you want to race with me and Vicky? And I was like, have you ever seen me ride a dirt bike before? <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm not very good. <laughs> I called you. I was like, dude. I'm like, do you want to be me and Vicky's partner? And you're just like, yeah, I'm so down, but I got you. Uh, you've seen me ride, like, so like, he, he was so confused. He's yeah. like, "Why are you asking me?" Yeah, you're like, "I just, I don't want you to be expecting yeah. too much." Seth, so Vicky will make up for your time. Don't worry about oh, it. Vicky will make up for both of us. Yeah, no, she mopped the floor with uh, both of us. Uh, but you ride a broken. Yeah, first lap, and it's a 30 minute moto on, uh, and the, the track we're at it has a lot of ups and down hills, like really steep hills. So like brakes are a big necessity. Yeah. I didn't have that. So I was just like, uh, the one race where I would have been like, okay, well, the brake is r- completely gone. Can't use it. And I can't even have like a full foot peg where I stand because the brake has bent so far over that if I take my foot like and move it at all, I'm like slamming on the brake because of how it's bent up. So I was like, man, I would really love to not do this race and pull off. And that's the one race I have two teammates that are like just <laughs> going balls to the walls for 30 Every minutes. Day. I can't let these guys and I'm like, down. I, huh? I can't do that. So I just literally like was battling with people. I'd pass them and then they just blow by me down the downhill. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I got to pass them again. Mm-hmm. And like, and even then like, you get into a sketchy situation, you lock up the rear brake. And I just didn't have that. And I'm just shifting down and just on the back on full front brake. Wow. And I'm just like, I can't let my teammates down. <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, like the gnarliest thing ever though, is you literally had a race right before that. So like, 
Chris went out for like 30 minutes and he literally like our team race was back. We were on the line waiting for him. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he, I was like, dude, we're on the line. He comes in like weather, like it's gnarly <laughs> track. And I just remember he's just like, I'm just going to get some water and put fuel. And he's back on the track. And I'm like, dude, this guy's a yeah, trooper. Savage. It was a good time. But Vicky, you could have literally pulled over for like five minutes, like. You could have probably fixed your entire brake lever, <laughs> got back on the track. You still would have had a better time. <laughs> but, dude, the heart, there was some heart in that Oh, it was, it was so fun. It That's was a funny, fun though, because I was, like, battling with some of my friends, and we had, like, uh, n- not a lot of people know, but you know Wanky. Yep. And so, like, he was out there, and I was battling with him, and he ha- he was just struggling so bad. <laughs> And he came off, and he's like, we were battling so good. And I'm like, dude, I don't have a rear brake. <laughs> and he's like, oh. <laughs> so bummed. <laughs> so bummed. <laughs> Wanky's one of the most legendary people. Like, if there's somebody who's just, like, jacked on life 24-7, like, it's, that guy. it's, a, it's like, he's like, he's like an addiction to be around. Like, you're mm-hmm. around him, and you're instantly just happier. Dude, fresh and clean, too. His gear's always looking oh, like. Yeah. Oh, that's his, like, his motto is style never dies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My his, fun thing to do with him, like, when we have shows, he'll get all geared up. And it's a process. You got a lot of stuff to put on. And, like, he gets fully geared up. And I'm like, oh, Wanky, are you are you going to wear that? And he's like, what, you don't like it? Oh, I look like <laughs> shit, Wanky. And then he, he'll go change. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and then I'll, like, nitpick with him after. And, like, he'll change his pants and his You're jersey. Just and then I'm too. just like... Dude, that jersey, you think? And he's like, you know? And I'm like, yeah, you should. No, no, this one. And I just see how many times I can get him to change. <laughs> and he will. He'll, oh, he'll do it. All the time. Change. It's good to know kit crisis is a universal yeah, thing. Universal. That has oh, yeah. a, we, see, we experience that in snowboarding. Oh, it's everywhere. Kit crisis. Yeah, with Twitch, I think back when he was in, with Shift, he wore like a lighter gray set of gear one day. <laughs> and I was like, that. I was like, dude, like gear or that gear, like the gray. I'm like, kind of makes you look fat. <laughs> I think he's ever, ever he's never he's, worn gray. He's yet. never worn gray since that day. <laughs> just getting these guys' hands oh, I love out it. there. Huh? They're they're all about style, so I just love to mess with them. Yeah, if it doesn't awesome. match, it doesn't look right. I'm like, oh, I'll let them know. Let them know. Oh yeah. But Twitch has always had like the sickest bikes and gear. Kind of like his oh, bike yeah. builds are always like next level. And like fortunate enough that like the, our homie that builds his bikes is like I, we all like became friends with them. So when we're like, hey. we some uh, bike stuff down our homie Rob's like, oh, I got oh, you guys. Rob <laughs> Dog kills it. Best builds. But it's even like, I tried to get Jeremy to ride before the show this weekend. And he was like, no, no, I don't have graphics for my bike. And I'm so like, you and I'm like, and I was like, oh yeah, because the bike doesn't start if it doesn't match your kit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, dude, come on, you can't even ride a stock bike with no graphics. Like, no, I can't do it. I can, I can back that. <laughs> oh, but that's they, commitment. They say if you look good, you feel good. You feel good, you play good. You play good, they pay good. Mm-hmm. You know, Ooh, I like that. Yeah, and that's you know, look good, feel good. All right, we're gonna take a quick break and talk to you guys about Bub's Naturals. Now, what is Bubs Natural. So they're a company that makes all kinds of products, but the one that I like the best is their collagen protein powder. Now I like to take this, mix it in a smoothie. I take two scoops, throw it in a smoothie with some blueberries, banana, almond butter, some chia seeds, uh, some some uh, oat milk, mix it all up. You got yourself a great smoothie. And the thing that's great about it, with two scoops of collagen in there, you get 20 grams of protein. And as you get older, your body kind of loses its ability to synthesize this protein. So you got to get it in the system if you want to keep snowboarding when you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. If you want to be 110 and still be able to make twist, 
or just turn down the hill for that matter. You got to take care of your body. So that's what's cool about Bubs. Uh, it's a company that comes from the world of snowboarding. So, you know, snowboarders for snowboarders here. And you're supporting a great brand. 10% of all of their profits go to charity. So if you want to take care of your body, head on over to bubsnaturals.com. Use promo code BOMBHOLE for 20% off. Again, bubsnaturals.com, promo code BOMBHOLE for 20% off. I usually go through about two of these jugs a month if you're getting a lot down the gullet. So again, bubsnaturals.com, promo code BOMBHOLE. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about Granite Towers Equity Group. It's Dan Breezy's company. He was episode 71 of the bomb hole. He's a friend of the show. And if you're looking to invest some money, he's got a great company for you. So here's a couple words from Dan. What's up, everybody? Dan Breezy here with Granite Towers Equity Group, here to talk to you a little bit about investing. During my snowboarding career, I made some pretty stupid investments and put a lot of my money in IRAs and life insurance policies. And I soon realized these investments were not going to move the needle. So in 2017, we founded Granite Towers Equity Group, where we buy multifamily apartments. We come in and add value to every deal we buy by upgrading the property's interior and exterior, and you can invest right alongside us. You don't have to go out and learn it all and manage your deals and become a professional investor. We've raised just under $100 million in equity and have 2,100 units under management in the Dallas, Texas, and Nashville, Tennessee market. And we invest in every deal we buy. Every single deal will have skin in the game. So direct message me today on Instagram to learn more. My Instagram name is at Dan Breezy. That's at D-A-N-B-R-I-S-S-E. Or send me an email, dan at granitetowersequitygroup.com. Thanks. All right, uh, we're going to get into a guest question from none other than Tyler Bierman, friend of the show. This one's for Vicky. Oh, this could be dangerous. Here we go. What's up, Bombhole? TB here. Got another question for Vicky Golden, the golden girl herself. Uh, Vicky, first off, you're a living legend. It's pretty rad to see what you've done in a predominantly male sport, and uh, it's really rad to see. You put it to the boys all the time. So a um, couple questions. I just want to know, What's the thought process like of, you know, an, an event like imagination where you're overcoming the fear of new jumps and the unknown and, and, and basically a male driven sport. Uh, what's that like to kind of put yourself in the mix with the boys and, and face your fears and, and overcome them? Uh, appreciate it. TB. TB. Love him. him an air yeah. horn too. Oh, he, he deserves, deserves He deserves the biggest yeah. air horn. Oh yeah. We can give him the super air horn. Oh, I, th- I got a super. super. Give, okay. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Obnoxious. <laughs> All right, just keeps going. <laughs> you remember the question? Yeah, the, I earth do. <laughs> <laughs> the earth horn. I was just so excited. I don't even remember the question. <laughs> uh, no, it's kind of ironic because Tyler asking the question, but I rely on like people like Tyler because I one I get to ride with those dudes every day, and thankfully, like. I'm in a situation where I am surrounded with the best of the best and I ride with them every day. So I'm, I hold myself to their standards. So if I, if I see Tyler jump something, I'm like, okay, I can do that. And so like, I just kind of rely on them because that's the only way, like, I know I can do it, but I might need that little extra from my friends. And that's kind of where it comes in where I'm like, okay, well, Tyler hits it like this. And like, if, 
Tyler is one of the riders who goes super slow at something. So I kind of look at him and I base it off him because I ride with him the most. And I'm just like, okay, well, the way he hits it, I ride a little bit differently. So I kind of calculate that difference in my head. And that way I'm like, okay, well, when he gasses it, I already need to be on the gas kind of thing because he comes in slow and just dumps it. And I like to carry a little bit more speed. So just having that relationship of like timing, especially when it's all these do or die jumps, you need that. And I, I just don't quite have like, all right, I'm just going to jump it by myself. I need a little bit of assistance to like see how they're jumping it. And then I'm like, okay, I got it. So I kind of just, I rely on them. And like the more I get to ride with them, the better I feel because I'm always pushing, pushing, pushing to keep up with them because they're never ending. Especially when you get like Tyler and Axel together, it's like, it, the the amount of progression they go like if you don't just latch onto them you fall behind so like I just know that I'm like as soon as they go I'm going to because if I don't they take off and you'll never be able to catch up to them so Once that's you just, get that mojo flying yeah <clears throat> that sounds that's crazy amazing and and to put it in perspective the Red Bull imagination is is if for snowboarders listening would be like taking a slope style course and then everything's on steroids it's like so super it's, park it's like a super yeah. park run all the way down and she was there with cole seeley uh sipes i don't remember who else was there Raha, Raha, all these gnarly guys and vicky was hitting the jumps before all the dudes besides tyler pretty much so it, it would be you know like like it would be like some of the top fem- like a top female like jamie anderson or something going before so all the guys at super park you know it's fucking gnarly it's like it's really really like and that's just kind of i guess I, i'm curious too just just like knowing like how, how are you like okay i'm hitting this you know like just like you said earlier or? yeah i mean it's gnarly though i mean it's just one of those things where i was just like you're surrounded by the best of the best on a dirt bike and they're looking at stuff completely terrified. I'm like, well, what does that mean for me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm. I feel like I'm like the, you know, the the lone wolf, like the outcast of like. Oh, I'm like, all right, like I'm here probably like for a more like media based thing sometimes, you know, for like being the only female. And so like I always think like I don't want to be like, oh, I'm here because I'm a girl. Like I want to be here because I'm the best. So I just like. But I'm still surrounded by the best. So when they're, like, terrified and, like, not sure about something that they're, like, amazing at, I'm like, oh, boy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was just, like, I was so terrified at that point that I was just, like, I can't sit here. Like, I got to do it. And I, like, have, like, a, a one, two, three go, as stupid as it sounds. But I'm like, I'm all right. I'm going to take, like, two runs in, and then third, I do not have a choice. I'm going. And that was just kind of, like, my thing and like, I was even more terrified, so I, like, kind of pushed that one, two, three going to just go because I was just so scared, and I was like, there's no, like, warm-up. There's no guessing. It's just I heard how Tyler hits it. I'm going to do that. And then, like, over the two big dogs that one, like, one was, like, we call it, like, the moon booter, and that one came into, like, a right-hander, and then there was a jump that it was jumping over trees. So you couldn't even see the landing and it's like a hundred feet. Yeah, I think 98 feet to that jump over the tree was crazy. Yeah. Like, so like, you know how you guys do, did that. That's yeah. Nuts. And in like, I like looked at it with Tyler before and I like wrote up the landing to try and like peek through the trees to like see something. And now he rides up next to me and he like looks and he's like, you see that like twig with the leaf on it <laughs> and it's just a tree. So I'm just like, uh, <laughs> sure (laughs) and he's just like yeah aim aim right there that's about lined up and i'm like 
uh okay <laughs> and like Jeez. tyler's analogies and stuff he's like it's like hitting a 75 but bigger <laughs> and you're like all right uh yeah, okay <laughs> so like that that's like not helpful at all because like 75 like you know the speed but like when you just say it's 75 but bigger like that help, that goes out the that window. Mean? yeah it means nothing so i'm just like okay like you just give off like what we were talking about earlier you just give off some dirt bike noises yeah. in your head and you're like all right it's just like a yacht and i'm just like <laughs> all right <laughs> and like, just, like, dude, like a 75 a little more yacht and yeah. you're like oh okay cool the yeah. amount of times like it's trippy because like i don't fucking do any of them i just i'm like they're like hey do you want to drive the bikes there in a budget truck i'm like fuck yeah let me load them up <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i ain't jumping this shit so like I'm like full outside perspective watching them do it and like the amount of trust that like she puts in these dudes and like the, the dudes like they don't ever like look at her being like it's crazy because like not once have like the guys ever been like oh yeah she's good for a girl like you, it's like they're just like yeah she's good it's like she's like not even in the category of being like oh she hits it good for a girl it's never like no she just fucking kills it mm -hmm. and like watching like like how we all like dirt bikers we're always like everything's explained through dirt like dirt bike noises it's amazing and like this past year there was a there was like a 120 and twitch is like yeah no you got it that's perfect just bop 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 and she's like okay cool and then goes and does it and i'm like what the fuck i'm like how do you even know how fast that is <laughs> So you know what that means. Yeah. But it's <laughs> funny, though, because Jeremy will do that to Axel all the time. And, like, I didn't even put it to in my head until after I, like, landed and was, like, okay. But I've been standing next to Jeremy and, like, Axel will, like, look at something. And Jeremy's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you got it. Just, you know, do it like this. And then he will look at me and be like, I don't really know if he's got it. <laughs> <laughs> and then Is that Jeremy like, McGrath? No, no, uh, Twitch. Twitch, oh, Twitch. And I was just like... <clears throat> I don't know if he knew if I had it or not. I was just like, I just trusted him. And I was just like, and and this I, epiphany. I, yeah, I was just like, I don't even know if he was telling me the truth or not. <laughs> but like you tell that stuff to Axel and that kid has so much talent and ability. To, yeah. It works 99.8% mm -hmm. of the time. Oh, it's amazing. I liked watching you guys hit the ramp too. Even the amount of dirt bike references I hear. Um, who did the 360? Uh, was that Taka? Oh, the body barrier. Body barrier. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, first guy, ball. Second guy, ball. <laughs> Third guy, ball. Oh shit! And then it came around, and they're like, the amount of times, like, yeah, it's you know, seventy five. So you just go, like the the like the bog or the or the like yeah da 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 da. Like oh shit, I was I was nose high. I had to like whiskey throttle out. Just I love I love the amount of dirt bike noises that get made but through it, general dialogue with <laughs> riding motocross. It's funny because like when I used to snowboard and hit the jumps, I'd watch people hit it. And I was like, okay, they carve there, they carve there, yeah. and then they go straight. I'm like, perfect. Yeah. And then I'd be like, oh god, rolling the windows down. <laughs> I'm like, I messed up a corner. Yeah. Just fully flat. Landon. Yeah, snowboarding's like, what's the speed? Uh, about two turns. Like, Moto, what's the speed? It's like, bop, bop, bop. Like, oh, okay, cool. That works. That's <laughs> the analogy. You just, it's crazy. It doesn't matter what it is. There's always some sort of speed trap. Amazing. Now, you guys seem like, uh, are you are you technically Vicky's mechanic when you're on races? How does that work? I see you wrenching her her. Is that it? Rob is the full time oh, mechanic. Shit. I was just talking about Wash Hugo though. <laughs> oh no, like I'll help do stuff with like anything I can. Like I'm always like down to work on stuff. I work on Rob help like Rob does a lot of stuff for me and then I'll do like the little stuff and then but Rob's always like her go to guy. But I'm always down. Is he like, in Temecula? Yeah. So you guys bring your bikes to him and you oh, yeah. get oh, some yeah. down And he like he's the one that like we have like the sickest bikes out there and it's all because of Rob. Sick. Like I I just like 
pick out a color basically and he goes with it like i i have like a brown frame this year and that's all i told him like i want to do something different and i want to do like a brownish frame Mm -hmm. and he's like okay i got it and he like took found the color you know hooks up with the coating, powder coating like does everything fully builds a bike and like he does thing little things that you would never see never think of and like he's the one that like builds it and then just kind of like all right here you go and like don't screw it up and that's kind of his job is just to not screw it up (laughs) i I was gonna say i think it's cool too because i see like we're at shugel and you're like maybe tightening the getting the suspension dialed or something for her bike and then you you guys go ride harleys and then you're filming him do wheelies and so you guys kind of have a cool give and take of like you know whatever filmer slash yeah backup mechanic interesting team but (laughs) we we make it work Oh, yeah. uh, I actually got another great question for uh, Seth this time, and this one's from another friend of the show again, Tyler Bierman. Oh, God. <laughs> What's up, Bombhole? Uh, TB here. I got another question for a slice of Seth himself, Mr. Seth Brisson. Um, Seth, as long as I've known you, you've been the biggest road dog I've ever met. You've traveled east to west so many times, more times than I can count. Um, can you give us some tips and the keys and steps to a successful and good road trip coast to coast? That's a good one. Cause I am road a road dog. dog. Like I, my dad was a trucker and I got my CDL to drive big trucks and I was like, fuck 18. And I drove a little bit growing up, like just doing construction stuff. And then when I started doing the Harley stuff, they had like a 40 foot trailer and we'd put like six or seven Harleys in it. So it became like, like literally like one year I drove from like California to like Connecticut East coast, like nine times in one year, like back and forth. And that's like not including flying and all that stuff. But I'm, oh, I like, I love driving. That's the thing is like some people hate it, but like I'll sit in the chair and do like 1500 miles in a day and I get stoked on it. How does that work? How do you do that? Well, the, the key is timing your piss stops to when you need fuel. So pretty much like uh, I'm always like, oh, I got 500 miles, so I need gas. So I'm like, I'm just going to sip this water. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, uh, I'll drive and I'm like, okay, well, if I want to be there in like three days, I'm like, I have to make it to here. And then from here I can go here. But like now that we're leaving here literally and driving back to Connecticut and she's like, no, let's, uh, let's see some things. I'm like anti A to B. I'm like, I get so bored. I'm like, mm-hmm. I need, I need to do something. Yeah. So- get <laughs> you don't get out and like. Like we, I get a little skate. I go to a skate park. It's a good, but you're just like point and I'm, shoot. You're point and shoot. Okay. But I love it. Like, I don't know why. Like, I think you're like, a sicko for me yeah. driving. I'm like, this is the greatest alone time ever. I'm just cruising in my zone, just jamming. And I don't know. I love it. What about, um, you, you a sunflower seed guy, you a podcast guy. Like what's your, what like uh murder mystery. Uh, I'm a big murder mystery guy. A little bit of nicotine too. <laughs> That's a necessity. The question is, have you ever done uh, smelling salts? Because Buds and I just drove to Bachelor. They're they wake great. You right these up if keep, you're driving. These will keep you going. They'll yeah. keep you going? Do you want, have you tried one before? No, but I need to smack All one. Right, here, you take the one. <laughs> Vicky, take one. We got plenty left. Yeah, we're good. Okay. This is the end of our supply, huh? Yeah. Oh, we'll share one, Buds. There's a uh, <laughs> shortage of these nationally. This is, these, are, these are a commodity. So what you do... Crush one. You should honestly take a, a couple for your ride home. Like, if you're, like, middle of the night about to fucking keel zonk over. out zonk out so you squeeze it and then it'll pop and it'll turn red and then 
Give it a good whiff. Don't go crazy with the whiff, though. I've, done, I've only had... My doctor would give these to me when I was super sick. Really? And, like, just yeah, like and you up. just, like, make me smell it and clear out your sinuses. I've never done it just, like, not sick. Oh, this will just get, make for a good podcast. <laughs> yeah. All right, so snap it. Snap it, sniff it. Snap and sniff. That's aggressive. Woo! <laughs> oh, God, I got a big sniff. <laughs> Bye, they're burning. <laughs> 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 I didn't know I was going to cry on this show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's nice. Run through a wall smelling salts. They may or may not be available available when this podcast comes out. Might not. Most likely sold out. Is this going to come in uh, your first aid kit? Oh, it should. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it should. Oh, shit. This will bring you back. (laughs) I mean, you can be at an all-time low and you smack this thing and you're running. Run Packaging and everything here. Yeah, yeah they sell out really quickly when we, we uh, post them. Wow. They sell out in less than a day. All right. I have a question for you, Vicky, uh, because coming from our sport, when I look at snowboarding, I think it, it's there's a much bigger ratio of like men to women. There's just a lot more women that seem to do it. Do you feel like um, women in, in moto, motocross, freestyle, freeride moto, whatever you want to call it, uh, get as much support? Do you think they're – how's the support compared to men um, – in your sport man it's it's definitely a pretty big drastic change and a big drop um but at the same time unfortunately so does the talent and the speed um now it's it's starting to kind of amp back up and i think our future is really bright in that area um but yeah if, i mean as of late it's unfortunately just been me i mean which is sweet for my job but you know i mean i don't want it to really like oh there that's her and that's her only and then nothing so uh, like I said, the future is bright for us. So I think in the on the women's side that you know the talent and the speed is uh, is kind of progressing in that category, and we see we're seeing like a lot more females in like some more actually like I think I see it more in like the woods and like work style racing, like those more like longevity races. So like we're kind of getting like more and more, but into smaller ca- categories. But as far as jumping goes and that kind of area, it's just still not there. There's no, like, females that really go, like, free ride or, or do any of that, which is uh, unfortunate because that's, like, my favorite part. But, um, yeah, hopefully we, we see it in that category a little more. I think it, when I think about it, too, I think it's cool because, you, I mean, my question for you would be, did you have anybody that you watched growing up doing that as a, that's a female? Growing up, no. I mean, like, I grew up watching, like, Supercross and things like that. And I kind of going back to my childhood is, like, we didn't really come from a lot of money. We didn't really have a lot of motocross tracks around. So we went and rode out in the hills. And it's gnarly to go ride out in the hills when you're a seven-year-old kid on a little 50. Like, there's big rocks, big, you know, rain ruts. You know, it's it's no joke to being, you know, going out there. And I grew up on that stuff. So, like, I was doing, like, more of, like, that technical bike stuff that you need just to, like, get to the tracks we built out there. And those tracks were never, like, groomed. They were always rough and never maintained. So, like, I was always, like just growing up on whatever we could find. So, like, I think that's pretty much what shaped me. And, you know, that that bike skill kind of just came to me because I was already growing up doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I think that I think the thing that's cool that I, I feel is going to happen, and I don't know, but I think it's happened in snowboarding, is that, you know, now you you grew up and there was you, you figured out uh, how to get good by your environment and just by doing what you do. But you didn't have that person that was like, oh, she's she's done it before me. I can do it. But now there's 
an eight year old girl out there, whoever that's like, Oh shit. Like Vicky's doing that. I want to do that. Like, Oh, it's like Vicky's doing big whips. I want to do big whips. Vicky's doing backflips and front flips. Oh, I can do backflips and front flips and I'm a girl. You know, so I think that there's going to be like a huge rapid progression just by you paving the way for these women. I think that, do you ever see anything like that happening? Or? Absolutely. And I, and I hope that it does because like the easiest environment, like for anything is like, if you can just see it done, you're like, oh, okay. Like even when we go to imagination, like Tyler was the first one to hit stuff. And then as soon as he hit it, everyone starts starting their bikes up and you're like, okay. Like it's just that first step to being able to like see it done and that's really all it takes, and that's, like, the easiest step to make is basically for one person to make the hardest step is that's the first one. So I think hopefully now that, you know, I've kind of made these steps and, it's you know, it's a visual thing for other women that, that now it can be taken, and now there's goals hopefully to be set that surpass mine. I love it. I love it. What's it like uh, with sponsors because are the, you speaking to a lot of women or not, like our brand's understanding and getting behind you? Absolutely, yeah. Now, so, like, I've actually started to kind of try and create some more, like, women's motocross camps. Um, pretty much all skill levels, and, like, no, like, all pros only, anything like this. Like, I'm welcoming, you know, if you've never had a bike to you've had a bike forever, but you're still not sure. So, like, I just, like, am trying to open that up and create that, you know, environment. And we did one in Delano, California, and um, it was just, like, a motocross facility and just kind of – we invited some women out and I did some lessons and just trying to like open the eyes and like, you know, teach them and start teaching things like the proper way too, because a lot of riders, when we get to our level, it's like breathing to us. So like, it's like, how do you explain something that you know how to do? And it's just like breaking it down. So, you know, like just in a different way that someone might understand. So I've just been trying to open up those doors and like kind of just create that, like almost like, you know, environment for people to learn, which is like, once again, the hardest thing to do is just getting it seen and like taught the right way. So I don't know, hopefully those help. And like I said, like sponsors are pretty much really supportive of whatever I want to do. If I come to them with an idea or a video part, they're like, oh yeah, just like put it in writing. We'll do it. So like, it's really cool in that aspect. Like if I want to help, you know, like kids or women learn on a bike, they're all about it. If I have an idea of like, Hey, I want to try this trick, but I need like help. Like, okay, what do you need? So it's, like, it's just a really cool, like, thing to, to have, you know, support. You know, that's, like, the main thing. Like, you can probably ask any person on this world, like, if you have a cool idea, like, what does it take? Well, you need this, this, and this. And, like, and if you just get it handed to you, now you're like, yes, let's do this, you know? That's killer. That's cool. You have bikes, too, to give people that don't even have bikes. So yeah. So they can come and ride. Yeah, we, awesome. had, we had women, like, from Canada, the U.K., like, from the East Coast. So it was, it was pretty crazy to have that many different women coming from all over just to come ride and come learn. Yeah, the interest is there. They just need the opportunity, yeah. Absolutely, and that's, like, what it's easy. Like, if you have it written out for you and, like, you know, all you got to do is show up. That's and, awesome. You know, and then that's kind of, like, what we tried to make it like. And then make an experience, you know. Like, a lot of people, like, especially, like, women, like, I think they learn differently and, like, take the environment differently than men. So when I do things like I think it just made it easier if you're around all women like like I I'm pretty used to it like if I like crash in front of my friends they just point and laugh and they just don't even help you up 
And women will just like shrivel up and die inside when that happens. <laughs> and so I, I, I'm just used to it. So I just know that I'm like, that's not the way these women are going to work. And they even say, they're like, oh, my boyfriend just doesn't help me. and just laughs. And I'm just like, well, there you go. Yeah. So, like, it's just, like, creating that different environment for a woman to learn. It just, it's just different it's for just men. It's just different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah think, cool. of, think about if you go to a sport that's that male-dominated, it's, intim- it's intimidating for me to go up there. Yeah. And, and then you take somebody who's just barrier to entry is like just getting into the the sport but the thing that's cool i think is you know these the all women's uh riding camps a bunch of my friends you know wives and girlfriends have done these and they they get hooked and it's like once you once you get somebody to figure out the learning curve of like you know they get some confidence you start to learn how to corner a little bit you start to maybe catch a little bit of air once you get to that Boom, you're hooked. And so oh, if yeah. you can get more women to just yacht <laughs> and catch that inside rut once, then you're like, you're hooked. You're in. And so that's like, those camps are probably huge for the growth of uh, motocross in general and stuff. Yeah. And I think the best thing about it is like a lot of people, like even like kids too, like they like base it off of like when we talked about like results. And that's like not how you like measure fun. And like the same thing, like when, they think, like, because we can do all these big jumps, like, that's the only level of fun we have is because we're doing, like, the biggest jumps. And I'm like, dude, no, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't care what level you're at. Like, fun is fun on a dirt bike. And, like, you can go to a track and, you know, cruise and not hit any of the jumps. You're probably having the time of your life. You can hit some of them, all of them. You're still having fun. And, like, that's kind of, like, kind of just bringing, like, ourselves, like, a, to a humbler level of, like, just because, like, we – jump big stuff and like do cool tricks doesn't mean like that's the only level of fun that's allowed in motocross is the highest level no it's fun no matter if what class you're in i mean look at chris he loves it i can vouch He's for it, guy loves it. Champ. extremely fun <laughs> actually i'd say mid to back is he class i wouldn't even say champ but yeah okay mid but, to back. but the champ <laughs> the championship comes <laughs> but like she said coming. dude i rode i rode the track for t- uh, two years where i didn't jump half the jumps and i was still having a blast yeah you know? it's, and it's, it's like the, it's that's why we have like <laughs> this sport and that's why we got to give it back and same thing for snowboarding you think the guy the kids going down the butt you know the bunny slopes aren't having fun they're having a blast yeah, you know blast. so like it doesn't really matter what level it's at totally and then cool. it seems like you guys i mean you with your you're coming from racing and it was this very very competitive thing that was very like you know you wore yourself down you trained really hard and sucked the fun out of it and it seems like the balance that you have where it's like let's do some filming we'll film some video parts like snowboarding we'll do some shows where we do some whips and some parking lots and then we're gonna race the fun races we're gonna race day in the dirt and like shugle like those ones it seems like you got you found a good balance of like enjoying yourself on your dirt bike again oh yeah absolutely and it took like opposite ends too because when i went to freestyle i was like well, I wasn't done racing, but this is, like, helping pay the bills, and, like, I didn't want to be labeled a freestyle rider. I'm like, I'm not a freestyle rider. Like, I don't want to do this, and, like, it's just, like, the the lifestyle in that category, too, is totally different. I'm like, dude, you guys don't work, do you? You just, like, sit around and show up and, like, jump for a couple times, and you leave, and I'm like, that ain't me either. So, like, I kind of, like, had to, like, search for a little bit to find this niche that I'm in now, and I'm like, oh, this is awesome, like, I get to go ride the track, I get to go racing, I'll do some shows, I'll go ride in the hills, we'll go film some stuff, like, I definitely, like, took a a bumpy road to be able to find, like, this little niche, but man, I'm glad I did. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's cool. And that's the thing that's I think that's really cool about these races. And, and I'm going to say, like, we tried to do this. Like, Day in the Dirt was straight up inspiration for the shirt that Bud's wearing, Bombhole Cup. One thing that's really cool about racing is, like, you're racing this track. Josh Grant, all these pros, all these and, – and, and then so am I. And I'm getting passed by these people. And so you get to do it all together. And I think that's what's cool about racing, um, those fun races, is that – all, all ability levels are on the track at the same time, where in snowboarding you might have Tour and X Games, and then all the contests are either super pros or, like, up and coming, but mm-hmm. you never really mix them all together, and that's what I love about your guys' sport is, like, those fun races. Like, get everybody together. We needed that in snowboarding more, too. Oh, yeah. And, and that, that's just the funnest part is, like you were saying, like, we're all on the track together with yeah. some, like, people that are on TV doing the supercross like this is like they do for a job and then they're like they're here just having fun doing this race in the weekend and like as someone who's not as good as i'm like just being on the track with someone who's like a star or whatever that's like huge like you get to watch what they do you get to watch how they ride and it's just like just gives you that instant boost of just confidence it's cool yeah 100 percent. and that's i'd like to uh change gears maybe about talking about your your career on the harley and things like that um you wrote for Unknown for a while. You did all the shows with Unknown. Yes. And then you recently switched up some sponsors and kind of figured out a new flow of, of your career, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, like, I did shows with Unknown for, year, like, probably five, six years, say. And then a year and a half ago, I got hurt riding moto. I ruptured my Achilles, and it was the worst thing. Like, it was, like, it... I don't know. I like it sucked to do, but I feel like the recovery of an injury is obviously the worst thing ever. And then the whole time I was hurt, like, I've... From her, I became like super close with like the Fast House family and the Bell uh, Bell Helmets family. So they kind of like were reaching out to me, asking like what my plans were. And then it kind of like transformed from like doing all the show stuff and traveling 24-7 to doing like more media-based stuff. And like they pretty much were like, hey, like we like who you are. We like what you like portray and how you are as a person. And like we just want to back you. And, like, we don't care what you ride, what contest you do. Like, we don't even care what you do. Like, we just want you to be you, have fun, and portray yourself, and just, like, just live. And I was like, that's pretty solid. So now it's like I kind of, like, like you said, I do all the fun moto events. And then a lot of the moto events, I'll bring a Harley, too. So then we get to go film Harley stuff in the street. So, like, I'll film, like, all media-based stuff, kind of. So then, like, I'm, like, pushing more content now all over, like, social media and stuff like that. And then I still get to go and like race moto for fun because I didn't like, I honestly didn't ride dirt bikes again till like four years ago when I like moved to Temecula with like her and Beerman and like Twitch, like they kind of were like, what are you doing? Like you can't be down here and not have a dirt bike. So then I like, I was like, fuck, I gotta get another one. And then like I started riding more and I like found my love for it again, just like I was a kid. And then like between the Harley stuff and then the moto stuff and just, content and traveling with her and meeting new companies it's just been it's kind of rad and i like i'm just trying to find like my own lane of the harley world and what it can be and just try to take it to there yeah that's that's really cool and i think uh it almost reminds me of like almost like the early days of like skateboarding or something where where you're like how do you make a living like nobody's really made a living just riding harleys and making videos before until you guys you know so it's like you guys are kind of in uncharted territories of of like a sport, it's, I don't know if you call it a fucking just shredding. I don't even know what you're calling. People <laughs> hyped on doing burnouts yeah. and stuff. It's sick. Yeah, and it's like like you like honestly like when we first started, the only way to make money was to do shows. 
So like, it's kind of cool to see like where it's elevated to, to where companies want to put a brand on you to like have fun. But I'm also like a super big stickler of like who I want, like, like I'm not going to support a company just for a paycheck. Like if I'm going to support a company that's supporting me, like I like them because of like who they are and what they represent. Like fast house and bell Hamlet is like a super family, like vibe. Like they care about you. They care about how you're doing. They care about what you do, like how you feel, how you're riding. And like, that's like what I want to back is like companies like that. Like I'm not just going to ride for a company just because they're like, we'll give you this much money and then have them be like, Oh, you're just a number to us. Mm -hmm. Like I'm all set with that. Totally. That's cool. And did you, so seems like Vicky got you back into moto and then did, did uh, you get Vicky on the riding Harleys more? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 110%. <laughs> like, I mean, I have like two identical ones. I had one that I built for strictly shows and then I have another one that I built to be like pristine and I like don't, don't even want to ride it because it's too nice. So she, she'll always like ride one and now it's to the point where I'm like, hey, you want to go ride this one? And like, I'll go to throw her on the back. She's like, no, I'm all good. I want to take the other one. <laughs> Not to mention, she doesn't have a motorcycle license, but we don't care about that. I need a permit. (laughs) Okay, I had a permit for a little bit, and then I just blamed it on COVID why I never got my license. True. (laughs) But I think if you ask him, like, of all my accomplishments that I've ever done, (coughs) me just hopping on his Harley and finally, like, beating on it once is probably, like... Yeah, I got it burn out finally. Yeah, because, like, it's not my bike, and, like, he, like, that's his living and, like, his... I don't know. Like, I'm just weird with it. And I'm like, I just ride him and like cruise. And he's like, no, just, just do a burnout, dude. Then he's like, just do a dump off. And then I'm like, oh, okay. And I he love was seeing just people like, beat on shit. Yeah, <laughs> I love it when people are rough. <laughs> <laughs> so I finally got her to do a burnout on it. And then we, I took her to Sturgis this past year. And like, we came right from Loretta Lynn's, which is like the biggest amateur motocross race, like mm-hmm. in the world. And it's super family orientated. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Oh, is Sturgis like that? I'm like, yeah, for sure. It's like, yeah, <laughs> we get there. There's just like 70 year old women with painted on tops. And just oh like, yeah. Like, I mean, the clothes are limited. The just teeth are limited. It's just a crazy place. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. How, how is the old Harley scene too? Yeah. Oh, I, I like these, like, those are my people. Yeah. That's your squad. I love them. They're just like, it's so great because like a lot, like you'll beat on them and then some people love it. Like some of the, like the diehard Harley people, they, they live for it. Mm-hmm. And then you have other people who are so bummed that you ride like that. They're like, <laughs> why are you treating it like that? Or like, you'll burn out. And they're like, that's a fucking waste of a tire and mm-hmm. shit like that. And you're like, whatever. That's what people like. God, those things are good times. I need to get back on a Harley. It's been Oh, a they're time. great. They're so fun. And like, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, I ride them for a living, but it's like, I don't just do it for like a paycheck or because like to film, like I'll go on a, I'll ride my bike for like a hundred miles and not do a single wheelie or a single burnout. Like I genuinely will. I'll always ride Harleys. I'll always ride motorcycles. Like, yes, I make a living doing it, but at the end of the day, like I just love doing it. And I think that's what makes me like want to like, I'm hungry to like keep seeing what I can do with it because like, I love them. Like I'll always break them. I'll always work on them. I'll always throw tools when they can't fix them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he breaks them a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of tool throwing. Yeah. Like I that. see that on your guys' Instagram. It seems like... Uh, I have a lot of temper tantrums. You are <laughs> constantly uh, fixing motorcycles. Yeah, I break everything. Yeah, and you do enjoy that. I love it. Like, I mean, the other day, like, it was a rough week. We had a fucking leaf blower, and I was like... <laughs> I was leaf, leaf blower down dude i was leaf blowing the driveway and i like blew the motor in it and i was like how the hell does that happen the next day i like broke broke my harley and then i took apart the other harley to make the other harley work and then i broke that one and then it was just like it was a week of destruction but they're all back together does harley give you harleys 
I had a deal with Harley for a little bit, and then it's just like we did a deal with them for like I think it was like two years. So we had bikes, like newer bikes that we did a couple shows on. But at the end of the day, like I love all my Harleys are old. They're like late 80s and early 90s. And like some of the newer Harleys with all like the technology and stuff they put on them, it uh, makes it so hard to like do what we do on them. Yeah, they're all computerized. Yeah, it's like they have ABS, traction control. Yeah. So you're trying to beat on them and the thing's shutting off on you and you're like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, with it's this not thing? built for what you're doing. Not right? even close. That and makes like, sense. And Harleys, like, they're obviously like they're a super rad company, but it's so hard for them because at the end of the day, like everything I do is illegal. Like not one like that's every, what I was wondering. Yeah, yeah. Are wheelies illegal? No, they're fully illegal. Really? What like what law? What's reckless the, driving. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> reckless is it driving. reckless oh, yeah. when you know oh, yeah. what you're doing? Though? It ain't reckless. You're, yeah, you're, you're a professional. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But they don't define they, reckless like when you're a pro. They're not really reckless. too stoked on it. Yeah, would that line work with the cops? Like no. a professional? <laughs> no, this isn't reckless. I no, know, I it's like calculated. Like I was in California for like a month, and I had like a nine hundred dollar ticket. It was oh like I mean, it was my. So you've f- got some reckless drivings. I don't have any recklesses. Knock on wood. But I got I, one. <laughs> I got a lot of other ones. But how'd you get one? Wheelies. Wheelies. How'd you get one? That long story. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like that. You just will leave it at that. <laughs> but it's like it's hard to portray what I do. To a fucking, to a company, because it's like, how is like a company that has gnarly, like, they have a huge, like, they're a full-blown, like, come like a helmet company or something like that. It's like, you have to portray something that's illegal, but make it legal. Have you ever heard of skateboarding? 110%. Like people grind down handrails for a living. That literally, there's signs everywhere that say, <laughs> yeah. do not ride. So it's like, how does, like, you got to make it, like, as friendly as you can for a company to promote, but still make it, like, yourself. So some companies want it, and, like, Harley is, like, it's, like, kind of a touchy subject yeah. because they love it, but it's, like, if it's closed course, you're good. But the second you start beating on stuff in the streets, they're just, like, yeah. Really? Damn. Yeah, like, if you're throwing it they want a little danger they're probably right not now. stoked. Huh? Like, no. you're just out on the highway, 12 o'clock, boys. Yeah, they're not too stoked on that. That's the nice. draw of it. That's the draw. Yeah. Like, you don't want to watch people skate the skate park. You want to watch them grind down a handrail. Yeah. Absolutely. And same thing. So I have a question for you. Where do you think the future of this Harley um, riding is going? Dude, it's gnarly. Like from the time that we kind of all like, I, I don't even know. Like, cause like literally in the beginning of it, it was like, there was like five dudes everywhere that there, they were the only people like me, buddy, Nikki, like Cade Gates. Like we were like, Get the, them all air horns here. that's it. They need air horn. I feel like we were all like, I mean, they were doing it first, 110%. And then I seen them doing it and it like lit a fire under me because I'm like, that's so sick. And then, but now that it's gotten more popular, like everybody is doing it. So many people are getting getting them and then trying to do it and filming. And like, there's a lot of nasty people out there. And like, I kind of like it because honestly, it's like, it gives like, there's more avenues for it. And realistically, like if you don't have competitors like people that are upping the ante of like what you can do what you can get away with stuff like that like things kind of fizzle out so right, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say this right now evil knievel used to jump a harley davidson no he did that oh, was yeah. a harley sportster i'm just saying you're wheeling him fxr you know who says that thing can't fucking fly down a 10 there? <laughs> I've been telling him to do Ring of Fire yeah ring, I'm like yeah, I want to yeah. bring it back yeah ring of fire without a doubt bring back yeah. ring of fire down. dope yeah. I'll do it. Yeah, you got now. You're training. You're crossover training on the on the Ami two stroke. Oh yeah, I got a polar heartbeat monitor. I'm fucking ready. <laughs> oh yeah, he I'm says ready he to doesn't put him do in. it for a living, but I'm starting to question it. He's got a stopwatch on his oh, handlebar to make sure how long he's going. Mm-hmm. Make sure he clears thirty. Mm-hmm. I don't even have that. Yeah, I, what what are you writing on the pit board for him when he comes around? 
All Go right. faster, push. pussy. Push. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we had at uh, Watch Ugle that was amazing? It's got like Blum or somebody wrote, we had a pit board and it just said eight equals D, which is a dick a <laughs> like in a calculator back in the day or whatever. And so like there's dads next to us that have like, third place push and then like we're, we're coming around the corner and it just says eight equals d and like fucking all the pit board dads were like you guys are fucking dude idiots. it's so funny you fucking say that because growing up we were at a local race and i drew a big old dick on a pit board yeah. and his fucking like the official was like get that fucking thing out of here he's like it looks bad i'm like what this thing this big triumphant fucker just yeah. sitting on the board and people are going by so good. You're like just distracted when you come around and you're like, what position am I in? Jesus. Going backwards. Uh, Vicky, I think we should talk about your um, X Games real snow part. Real moto. Real snow moto. I was like, she's got a real snow part? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's a little cold for me to be doing that. I don't know about all that. Qu- question, Vicky. Have you ever snowboarded? Absolutely not. Never. <laughs> I'm all, but I have a great story that when I raced Supercross, uh, Never Summer hit me up. And uh, they wanted to sponsor me and, like, put their logo on my helmet. And, like, the first conversation with the owner was, like, oh, do you snowboard? I'm all, nope. They're like, oh, do you want to? I'm like, I don't have any ligaments in my knee, so to be honest, no. And he's like, okay, well, do you want to wear, you know, Never Summer logo on your helmet? I'm like, yep. (laughs) And the owner was super cool because I was just super blatantly honest with him. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to ask you for a snowboard. (laughs) I'm like, and if I do, it's to put on my wall, not to go <laughs> go ride. So, um, yeah, that was like, it was just funny because I'm like, well, your logos look really cool. I like the eagle. Mm-hmm. And that was about as far as it went. <laughs> so they used, they used to sponsor uh, that was my privateers back then. Uh, yeah. you, how many other people? It wasn't that many Never people. Never Summer did? Yeah. 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 I didn't know that. Yeah. Little yeah, there fact. was like, uh, I think like five of us maybe. Five like privateer guys. And um, yeah, it was just some random thing for a little bit. And it was actually like still to this day. I'm like, dude, those helmets are pretty sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Fucking cool. dope. Yeah. Um, I know Corndog there. He's a big into moto. Chris Corning. He's a Colorado. Never summer writer. Okay. Mm. Um, so dog. we're talking about what were you? Oh, yeah. Real moto. Real yeah. moto. But this thing, this part's fucking insane. Did I send it to you? I don't think so. She, um, yeah, why don't you talk talk about that real real moto part? I don't need to talk Here's about it. Here's a rundown. It. Oh, man. It was, uh, it was probably, like, the amount of injuries that I took on for, like, and, you know, like, they don't give you a lot of time to make this video part. So the first film trip, uh, day one, uh, we did some Supercross stuff, and then we went to, like, an iconic spot um, kind of up in NorCal, and there's just, like, big 100-foot, 170-foot jumps out there. And, like, literally day one, I break my T5. And uh, that was day one. And I was what like, is your T five? Uh, it's basically, I think it was my T five, but it's basic. Some yeah, spine yeah. Stuff there. it's Got it's spinal. your it's spinal. <laughs> spinal. It's, it's just back stuff. I don't know, <laughs> but it's basically. I thought I broke my tailbone, but it's literally the one right above it. Uh, I broke that one, and then I still had to do two over hundred foot jumps and ride a super cross track that I haven't rode super cross in years. And I was just like, we got to throw a part in there. So, I mean, I'm just, like, if I was, like, timing stuff, and Supercross is literally all about timing, and I didn't have any of that yet. So I was just, like, over-jumping, kind of clipping, and every time I did, I was just blacking out because, like, it was just shooting through my spine. I'm just like, oh, my God, this sucks. And then I had to do, you know, the next day we did two two 100-plus-foot jumps. I think the second one was, like, 160, 
And then I st- I wanted to trick it, and I've never tricked anything without, like, so mellow. But, like, our ramps are so poppy, kind of, like, it's super easy to trick. But the 160 was actually really hard, so I kept having to do it over and over and over, and I'm just getting more pissed off and more in pain. I was just over it. And so I did that, finished that part, and then I took, like, I don't know, I think I could only take, like, three weeks off, and then I was like, it's time to do a front flip. So I didn't have much time, and I just wanted to, like, get into that that start of learning it and get in the foam pit and just figuring out how to snap them and all that stuff. So I was in, you know, heavy into the foam pit for a while, and one of the last days I was trying to kind of just time it because in a foam pit you kind of want to land, like, super level, and that's not how you want to land to dirt when you do the trick. So I was like, all right, I want to snap one to where I would land, like, kind of front wheel heavy, and that bit me pretty hard because I pretty much went into the foam pit with so much momentum and force that I got my, like, thumb stuck on the handlebar and I, like, blew off the front of the bike. But you're in foam, so you just stop. So it just blew my thumb, basically, like, and it, like, caught on the handlebar. And it basically, like, touched, like, the inside of my elbow. And oh it just God. broke, like, a couple pieces in my hand and then in my wrist. And so then, once again, still don't have any time to heal. So I waited like maybe a couple days and bought a lot of athletic tape. <laughs> and then we went and did some practice on basically where I had the landing built and did some work there. And we put this landing bag on. And because like I didn't really have a lot of forward momentum and we put a little too much air in the bag, I was actually landing the trick awesome, perfect. And as soon as I hit the bag, I bounced out of the bag and I went to put my hand out and realized, oh, the right hand's broken. So I tucked that back in real quick. And then my left hand was still out and broke my left wrist. So I was like, well, I landed the trick perfect. The bag bounced me out. Let's, like, I was just, I literally got up and said, this one's broken. Fuck this. Pull the bag. And I went and we, I, like, snapped one of my levers off. So we fixed that. And I just literally, like, put some ice on it, took an eight, ibuprofen 800, and they pulled the bag. And I couldn't even, like, pull the clutch in, nothing. Like, I couldn't even take my bike off the stand. I had two broken wrists at this point. And I'm like, well, I'm like, now I had to, like, reevaluate things because, like, I was kind of being a little slow on the rotation. But in order to speed up a front flip, you have to pull the clutch in and smack the brake. But I couldn't – I didn't have any wrist strength to pull the clutch in. So I'm like, well, I can't be under now. So I'm already, like, doing the gnarliest trick ever, and now I can't be under so I'm like, okay, well, I got to snap it harder, and hopefully, like, I can either land perfect or I don't die if I over. Because if you go over, you're you're donezo. <laughs> so I just, like, remember, I, like, someone pulled the bike off my stand. Uh, I thankfully had electric start because that's the only way I could have started on my own. I, like, pulled the clutch in, like, with my arm and just, like, I ran out of athletic tape, too. So I looked at some duct tape and just did just, just a couple extra wraps and, uh, Took off, and I remember just thinking as I, like, circled it a couple times, and I'm just like, man, we're, like, two hours from the hospital. That's close. And I'm just like, I picked the worst location because this is really far from any hospital. So I'm just like, all right, we're just going to go. And I just turned the corner and just basically was like, just do what you remember how to do. And thankfully I got around, but I was so uh, – I was over a little bit because I, like, held, held the no-hander, and I just was like – I was just terrified at this point, and I, like, tucked in too quick, so I started to go over, and I was just, like, pushing back to try and slow this thing down wide open, and thankfully, I, like, barely got the front end 
down right on the landing and just smacked my face on the front uh, number plate so hard that it broke the front number plate. And I was just like, had no way to hold my body weight up because both wrists were broken. So that's why I just slammed down so hard. And then I was just like holding on for dear life to just ride this thing out. And then that was the end of my video part. <laughs> Damn. That's, that's nuts. Yeah. Two broken wrists. Like most people just stop, right? Yeah. You're just like, nah, I got to keep doing this. Yeah. And it, it's kind of like a trippy scenario. And not to mention your back, right? Yeah. My back was still pretty smoked. That's so, crazy. Yeah. It was a crazy scenario. But a lot was, of dumb shit. <laughs> yeah. Just Everyone's, keep going. Yeah, people are always like, oh, wow, you're so brave. And I'm like, no, we're just stupid. stupid. <laughs> 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 no, there's a, there's a, that's, I mean, the thing that speaks to me is the sheer determination of, I mean, anybody, have you ever picked that's up what a, it is, a, right? like a 450 is like a gigantic motorcycle. Like, and think about like, yeah, I'm going to do a front flip on this. Yeah, that's <laughs> just like, uh, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> like, it's insane. <laughs> and you've also backflipped them too, right? Yeah, backflip, front flip, and yeah, just got those all around. But yeah, I've uh, I've been lacking in that department, so hopefully we'll get back on it. It's crazy. No one's there to like stop you from doing it with two broken wrists and a broken back. The dudes are just like, just keep going, tape it up. Yeah, yeah. Well, we all yeah, yeah, we, we all know how brutal and stubborn she is. She's like worse than any dude I've met. Yeah, it's like most dudes you meet. Yeah, I don't know, man. There's a lot of consequences. You're like. Yeah, I'll wait till tomorrow. With like her, you're like, you shouldn't do it. And she's like, fuck it. And I'm like, oh God, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should you told me I shouldn't do it. Well, you know what? Now I want to do it more. Oh, actually. Yeah. Now oh, I actually yeah. really want to do it. You gotta use reverse psychology. It's though. like yeah. I really think you got this and you should do it right now. Like, really? <laughs> nah, well, I actually do don't want to do it. Yeah, that's how I am at least. Uh you know what we've been going for a while, buds. You know what I almost forgot? Ooh, name that video part. That is correct. Here we go. just the intro song we had axel on the other day he thought that was the part <laughs> he's like i got it <laughs> he was just thinking like huh, a, i've never heard that, that one <laughs> all right well let's see how you guys do uh what's your confidence level zero through ten negative five negative five is good yeah. you got one for each of them how are you doing no this? we're uh, i what did, can we, are we allowed I did effort? can i phone a friend you got one. Yeah, sure. Yeah. No, he well, doesn't count. <laughs> he doesn't count. Yeah, I'm not very bright. <laughs> uh, my confidence level is probably at least 1.3 quarter. One, oh, okay. Yeah, she's the percentile. I like that. All right, let's see how you guys do. Here we go. I mean, obviously, it's an old school video and i i probably am not gonna guess the right one but it's and this is like a wide variety of either crusty or terra firma so. crusty's <laughs> correct Cru so crusty's correct any like anyone that like that's listening that's in the moto community is like god you're pitiful i know <laughs> and like have you not it. seen these i'm like i don't know i've watched them on youtube they're, they're just, just terrible quality they are they're <laughs> really bad quality so i i mean crusty i'll count that as a win uh you want to take a stab at one of the videos Pick a number. Yeah, you pick, pick a, a number. I'm dead in the water. Let's go. I mean, one through, what is there, five total? Yeah. So, I mean, it's one I'm through I'm going to go five. four. Close. Fuck. <laughs> one, two, three. <laughs> that was it. You said third one. Third one you said was right. Crusty three. Oh, it's we the, were close. It's the intro. We're going to count it. This is more of a participation award here. 
So uh, one of these, we got you a prize pack from the bomb hole here. Okay. Um, name that video part. Wow. More of a participation it's award. Participation I didn't even award. have to send my resume in to get some bomb hole stuff. No, no. Wow. You're good. You kind of, you kind of almost won that just by. Sheer luck. Yeah. By saying one, two, three. Saying crusty. Yeah. <laughs> I figured if I just guess more in there. <laughs> yep. This thing's sick. Yeah, so uh, all that stuff, where's it available, buds? Bombhole.com. That's true. And then for part two in the name that video part. Oh, Christ. This is for our listeners. Listeners. Yeah. Okay, good. Listeners. You don't yeah. got to do anything. Uh, and if you know what video part it is, when um, the thumbnail of these guys comes out to announce the, episode. the episode on Instagram, that's where you leave your comment of what part it is. First person to guess the right one gets what, buds? Price back. That is absolutely correct. Okay. That's a snowboard video. The snowboard video. Thank you guys for playing. Name that video part. All right, we're going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about Slow Tide. Now, Slow Tide is a towel slash blanket company to make all kinds of cool stuff. We just launched a collaboration towel and beach blanket with them. It's a quick-drying microfiber towel. It's kind of hitting. It's a great gift, birthday present. You can find that on bombhole.com as well as their website. Uh, they also make all kinds of other cool stuff. You know, one thing I got to talk about, my favorite personal thing that I got from them was the changing poncho. Now, this thing's great if you're down at the beach, maybe you're surfing, you got to get out of your wetsuit, you got to go dong out for a second. You get a poncho, you can change wherever you want, parking lot, on the beach. Uh, they got all kinds of cool collaborations with Grateful Dead. They got a Coors beer can towel. They got an Alex Olsen 917 towel. All kinds of really cool stuff. They got Turkish blankets. Um, so head on over to slowtide.co. Again, that's slowtide.co. Dot co and use promo code bombhole one word again promo code bombhole for 20 percent off get yourself some great goodies at slowtide.co so name that video part when we do that i think it's like it's kind of like an effort to preserve the culture of videos like in, in snowboarding i grew up on them they were really important like you watch parts all the time you where you learn all your tricks do you do you feel like um is it going towards you know in both what you like harleys and stuff i don't even know if there's full length videos but with with like motocross and and free riding is it is it going more towards instagram or do you think the the video part and the video series stuff is is important i think both like both mm -hmm. of you definitely get like i don't know like the instagram i feel like is just like that spot to just like throw out what you've, what you've been doing or something. But, like, a video part, to me, is, like, a piece of art that you can make. And it's, like, a blank canvas you can start with. And that's, like, the cool thing about a video part is is basically that of, like, okay, well, like, what do I want to showcase? Where do I want to go? And I feel like Instagram, like, is more of that, like, oh, like, this one trick, you know, type thing. So, I don't know, like, I still love doing video parts and, like, getting to be able to, like, be have that creativity and, like, really like take the time for like the sequence shots that like no one's going to care about on Instagram because they're just scrolling. So like, it's just like that creating like that piece of like, yeah, just a lot of like even just dumb dead clips that are like not that cool, but like you get like the right scenic area that you're riding in. Like that's like the time for like some video pieces and just like really showcasing that stuff to where when you're scrolling, you're getting, 
you know, like 0.5 seconds of someone's attention span to where like you can't even get to appreciate it. So I feel like YouTube or like those video parts are like really where that stuff shines. Totally. What about with Harley's? I mean, I would love to do a full video part, but it's also crazy too because like you'll take the time and film like the sickest clips with like good photographers like and I'll watch it and be like, dude, this is the sickest shit. Like I'm so stoked on this. And you'll go to put it online and it's like, 10 people like it and you just post like an iphone like clip of you jumping off a curb and it's like three million people love it and Mm -hmm. i'm like this makes no sense Mm -hmm. so like i think like how she was saying like the video parts are always to me going to be essential because instagram is kind of like to me it's like those quick bangers those clips that like you're just so stoked on you can't wait and it kind of like you'll always have content continuously flowing because of instagram but I'll always also like the video parts side of things because like that's where you kind of get to showcase like what makes you so different from other people riding. Mm-hmm. Like video parts to me are like you like you really get to break down and see like how different everyone's style is, how like how they look at like the culture of it differently. Like everything is just so cool with the video parts and like growing up like on snowboard parts as well. Like you can see how different every person is by like just like the se- like the second a video like part starts, you're like, oh yeah, you know how this dude's style is right mm-hmm. away. Hundred percent. That's another thing too. I was wondering is about the parallels of you know, snowboard, kind of more snowboard skate, I'd say, and it's like style is like so is so important once you kind of get into it and understand about it. That style's really like king. Absolutely. You know? And is it the same? Like even on in Harley's, is there it, people have style? Yeah, I I mean I think they do, especially like to me like. I always like, I can't, I like really nice, shiny like bikes. Yeah. Like true. I try to keep yep. all my bikes as nice as possible. Not only just for like, I just, that's who I am. Like I like really clean stuff because like companies to me, like they, I get like, they send me parts and I, they support me and stuff. And it's like, why are you going to like, no one's going to come up to me and ask me why I'm running apart if my bike looks like a piece of shit. Good point. But when my bike is like beautiful and shining and they see what I'm doing on it, like people want to know why I run the way I do. Mm-hmm. And like, to me, like, style of like how you like are wheeling how you're burning out how you do shows and stuff like that is everything because everybody has a different style so like i always try to do something different i always try to be like extra smooth or extra fluent or make it look like don't put a lot of effort into it but it's also crazy because like growing up like around like the freestyle world these guys it's like if you make something look too easy then you get like docked points for it as well but luckily, I don't do any contest stuff. I just cruise around and do burnouts. <laughs> yeah, what about style on the moto? Like he said, it al- sometimes, like, in contest, too, it, like, it it almost hurts you. Because, like, if you make something look super hard, they're like, oh, man, that was probably super hard. But if you, like, put all your time in and make it literally, like, look effortless, they're like, oh, that was probably easy. And it's not. You just put the time in and you make it look clean. And that's, like, a lot of things that, like, go into, like, judging, too, for stuff that you're just like, oh, well, if you have this judge and he used to ride and that trick was easy for him, but it's hard for you, now you're kind of screwed. Or, like, just doing things a certain way. And I think that's kind of where, like, it gets tough for us in, like, contests because, like, a lot of dudes that do make things look hard, then, granted, they are very hard. But you have another guy that did them, like, effortless, and, like, he got docked points Mm -hmm. for it. So it's, like, it just it gets tough because, like, you have someone, like I said, like, they'll send it to flat, but they landed it, but they bobbled, almost crashed. But if you, like, use the landing and grease it, they're like, oh, that wasn't that hard, Mm -hmm. was it? And it's just, like, it kind of, like, it's a catch-22 of, like, where we're at, too, because as a rider, as as anyone should, you don't want to be sloppy. Like, that 
that you see it and you're like, oh, that sucked. And then, you know, if someone else sees it that's never done it before and they're, like, see it sloppy, like, oh, man, that must have been so gnarly. They barely got it around, you know? Totally. No, some I love of the it. judges not ride? Yeah. Or that not yeah. used to ride? Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, some of them will ride, but, like, not freestyle or something, yeah. you know? <laughs> that's crazy. So. They're judging stuff that they don't even do. Yeah, that makes no sense makes to no me. Makes no sense. Yeah, it gets tough. I mean, I mean, it's... It's, I mean, anything you judge is tough. That's, like, why it's a hard lot enough, of people right? like Judging racing. Judging is tough. Yeah, I mean, it's not a fun job to be a judge. Yeah. No. Especially if you have, like, your friends doing it, and you're just like, oh, well, sick. And then, like, I'm pretty, like, like, pretty fair of, like, when I, like, do something, and I'm like, oh, I didn't win. What the heck happened? You know, like, I, like, see it, and I'm like, okay, I, I got fifth. Well, I should. I think I should have got fourth, maybe. You know, like, I'm pretty, like, I try and be pretty fair when I, like, do a contest and I see where I stack up. And sometimes I'm like, dude, I was not supposed to be there. You know, like, it goes it goes either direction, but most of the time everyone's always disappointed. Yeah. But, you know, it's like your friend's up there, too, so it's it makes it a really tough scenario. But the thing, too, I also think is, like, when it goes down to, it depends on what's important to you, too, because it's, like, if I think style's the most important, when it, especially when it comes down to, and when I watch some of these whip contests, there's a couple different types of whips. Like I like watching the, the turn up, like nose high, uh, twitch whip, whatever people call those, or the, like the seat bounce where they're really upside down. Yeah. But it seems like a lot of times the people that win are the guys that just do the most aggressive, like 180 whip where it's like backwards, which is scary as hell, but it's like the whole like head turning really hard and like, doesn't quite have the fluidity yeah. of like a, a seat bounce whip like Beerman might do where he's all upside down or For axle sure. or something. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. like those are two of the most stylish people that yeah. will ever ride. Yeah. It's like you watch Beerman and like, like Axel, like their style is just, and I, I don't, it's like, they don't like, it literally looks like they don't try, mm -hmm. but they're also like so in tune with what they do. It's just trippy. And like she, it's cool. Cause she has like her own patented style too. It's like, it's like nobody else. And it's always like, it's funny because like you watch her ride and like, you could never in a hundred years tell it's a girl riding a bike. Mm -hmm. Like if she tucked her ponytail up and you get stuffed by her, you're like, fuck that guy. But if like <laughs> your ponytail's out, you're like, oh Jesus, we get passed by a girl. <laughs> That's actually a great uh, question. We That segues perfectly into a question from none other than uh, Tyler Bierman. Another question here for you, Vicky. Um, nine days out of 10, you'll show up to a session with all the boys and you end up throwing down harder than most of us. Has there ever been a time when you rattled some of the boys or gotten some salty attitudes after just absolutely putting it to them? Uh, I don't think I've ever, like, gotten attitudes from them. I But I do know that the other dudes will be like, dude, Vicky rode better than you. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, they, like, beef it out and, like, just try and, really, like, make that point of, like, dude, you kind of suck today. Vicky rode way better than you. <laughs> 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 so it definitely does happen. But I don't know. Like, I just, like I said, I try and, like, I see them and I'm like, dude, I'm – I'm doing what they're doing right now. Like, I'm not letting it surpass me, and that's just, like, I have to stay that way and or I feel like I'll, like, lose it. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately for me, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, if, I'm like, if you're not feeling it, don't do it. And she's like, fuck you. I'm like, oh, God, all right, sorry, <laughs> Jesus. I'm like, let me go sit in the car. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Um, or, yeah, the best thing you can do is tell somebody that they can't do it. Like, uh, I just try to tell like, her to chill. Yeah, you're like, hey, I don't know if you got this. She's like, oh, really? Oh, really? Fuck you. I'm going to jump it. <laughs> I just try to, I'm like, Hey, like, I'm like, if you're like, if you're second guessing it, I'm like, just chill out. But then again, like 
I think about it and like I'm talking to her. I'm like, who the fuck are you? I'm like, you won't even, you don't do this. <laughs> so what advice? Like she'll be like, how did it look? I'm like, sick. I don't know because I can't do it. <laughs> I'm like, it looked good though. That's dope. One thing I thought was cool when we were racing uh, Washougal, there's that like little girl, Lily Davis. How old is she? Oh, uh, I think she just turned nine. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think's in store for the future of like young gals like her and stuff? I don't know where it's going. Uh, you know, I see kind of like a lot of me in her because she is just fueled by like just pure passion and she does like winning and like all that good stuff and getting trophies and things like that. But like you like bring up dirt bikes and you can just see the smile and like you get her on a bike. She's just smiling nonstop. Yeah, bicycles. Yeah. Bikes. No matter what it is. And like, no matter what she's doing, she's just like dirt bikes, like fuel her passion and she just like loves it and she may not be like the best in every race and like doing the greatest and being like the hot hit of like every race and being like that next rider but like once again like when we go back to what we just started with this podcast is like what what are you gonna know at nine years old you know like yeah. they like it because it's fun and like that's why like i tell the parents and the parents are like on board with the same vibe and that's like kind of why we get along so well is because they're like well if she wants to go ride, she can go ride. Like, we don't care if she races and wins or if she races and just has fun. We just want her to give her best. And their parents, are, you know, they come from, like, a lot of, like, hard times and don't aren't, like, the best off. So that's kind of, like, reminded me a lot of me, too, as a kid of, like, didn't have the best equipment, didn't have a lot of things to work with, and they're just grinding to, you know, keep these bikes running. So that's just kind of, like, you know, seeing her so happy doing riding a dirt bike, I'm like, I don't really care. Like, from like me supporting her, of being like, oh, well, did you go race this weekend? No, I don't care. Like, did you have fun? Did you get to go ride? Let me know. Like, I just want to like see what gets her excited, and that's just riding dirt bike. Mm -hmm. So, like, I love helping like those types of people that, you know, like those are the parents that that kid's, she's going to go a lot longer because she's fueled by fun right now not results so that's like kind of why i like helping and like a lot of people are like oh why is she sponsored by fast house i'm faster than her and i'm like you for hear that, that right so there much. just because of that attitude right? yeah, yeah right you there. hear that so much and, and that's like the the bummer about it same thing with like the parents of those kids of like you know <clears> they just are like well why does that kid get so much our kid's faster and i'm like it doesn't matter <laughs> you're you're nine like it doesn't matter who's faster right now like we even have like one of the dudes that built um, imagination, like Jason Baker, he has a, his right hand man is like uh, Sean Rife, and he's a he grew legend. up legend, a legendary. Like he was like battling Barsha, like it, all the top Tomac. guys. Like he was beating him, and now he just like uh, not to like knock it, but like he just like his he just was kind of burnt out on the whole thing. So now he's not going to race Supercross. He's building tracks, and like that's his that's his passion now which is absolutely super awesome but like you can see like when he he like built imagination and then grabbed tyler's bike at the end and started jumping stuff it was and the gnarliest thing ever it was the gnarliest thing ever and like he was just like oh man like these bikes are fast nowadays like he doesn't even ride anymore he just hops on and <laughs> jumps like the biggest stuff in the world gnarly and but like what i was getting at is that like he just got so burnt out because at a young age he was just getting you know it turned into a job and, he was, and, but he, he was it. like the next best, best, best thing of, of dirt bikes. And even AC said the other day, Adam, you, yeah, he was, you were saying like, man, just like when I was riding fifties, like that was the best time of my life. Just hanging out with my family, going to ride. And like, that's just kind of like what, 
especially the Fast House brand is about. And that's like lucky for us because we don't really put out a lot of results because we don't go racing that much. But it, it's just fueled by fun and the passion for it. So that's kind of like why I like helping the kids that I help out. That's so cool to hear. And another thing to add to that too that I think is really interesting is what you're describing is like motocross racing is a very results driven sport 110 and and, and, there, and there's it doesn't like it comes from this old school mentality where dads are like you need to get first it ain't about looking good it's about going fast or whatever they fuck the the, the mentality is at the track and then you look at the race and you see you twitch uh beerman or whoever's doing the show you know you guys are, are you guys are on at the race but you're not at the race you're doing a freestyle show and there are people lined up all around the entire, there, there's people that want more autographs from Vicky than the guy that got eighth place in the race. And you guys have such a bigger fan base. And like, I'm walking through the pits and unless it's like a top 10 guy, I, they have their helmet off. I have no fucking clue who they are. And I watch every race and I couldn't even match a name to a face to a bike. But you guys, I feel like the draw is that they're like, you guys are, are relatable humans. They're, mm -hmm. You're inspiring because you go out on your bike, you do whips, you look cool. And you can you're having fun and it shows. It, you can see you can see there's like the results driven like pounding out motos for results, and then there's the people that enjoy their time on the bike. And I think it shows. Same with snowboarding. You can see when oh, somebody's yeah. Oh, yeah. just like competing to compete and just checking the box, and the people that are having fun on their on their snowboards. It's cool how it all translates like that. And I also feel like you can tell by someone's style too when they're having fun. True. Yeah. Like I feel like you can see 110% like when someone like is thoroughly enjoying it cause they're having fun. Like when you session with like, I remember like the best times on a snowboard is like you, when you'd session like a down rail with your homies and like it would get to the point where everyone was getting hurt, but you were still having so oh, much yeah. fun. And like, then, then like you watch like, like just all the rail jams and stuff. And like, same with like doing the events with moto, like, when this, like when that group of people ride together, like everyone just fuels off each other mm -hmm. and they're having like, you watch them come down, their smiles, like you can see it in their eyes. They're having fun. And that to me is like, that's why everyone, like, that's why you should do it. Totally. Oh totally. yeah. It's like effortless progression of the sport, no matter what sport it is. Because like, as soon as you get with your buddy and you just play that one up game, cause you both are terrified. And, but it just takes one just to feed off the other and then you get a group going and then it's like the best time of your life because you're just terrified the whole time, but you're terrified together. So it works out. But you're trying to see who can smile longer. So you're not terrified. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. You need that person to push you and scare the shit out of yourself with. Uh, another thing I, I was thinking about too, is I feel like, uh, with fast house specifically, like it was really small, like 10 years ago, I feel like it was a small brand. I feel like. Yeah. You know, you and beer and Beerman were like the two kind of like fundamental. It seems like you guys really grew with Fast House as a brand. Yeah. So, I mean, like Fast House pretty much originally started with Tyler and yeah. another writer, Darren Durham. They did a yeah. like a vlog series. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But they did a vlog series called East Coast is Toast. And you ever seen it? Mm -hmm. Dude, it's so good. And that's basically what built Fast House is they took two like knuckleheads and they put them in a van together and the thing with supercrosses you're not allowed to film inside the stadium without like ridiculous credentials and so basically they barely ever filmed inside the stadium and it was just all them being idiots riding sometimes and it made an insane vlog series and they didn't even film them riding at the actual event and i'm like that takes some serious talent 
And that's what basically like made the whole brand of Fast House. And I came onto Fast House basically right after I I exploded my right ankle to the point where I didn't even know if I was going to get to keep my leg. And I've just like waddled in there with, I think I've finally got off crutches Went for one of the times before surgery. And I went and sat down with the owner, Kenny, and he was just like, I just started talking to him and chatting and by the the end of it, and I had like another deal actually kind of lined up with a different company with a, maybe a, a pay option. And this one, like when I first started, it was just like, hey, do you want some gear? And I like left there with gear. And I'm like, I don't need the other company. Like this is where I want to be. And it was like the best decision I've ever made because of basically only Kenny. Uh, that the owner of that company is like a family. fucking rad human. <laughs> he's, he's like he's like all of our dads. He just literally like wants to call and check in, make sure we're doing good. Do we need anything? And like no, but no owner of a company does that. Like especially one of that magnification. And like he literally calls us, like make sure we're all, we're doing good, we're all taken care of, and and like that's like what made it for me. And like I don't even know if I have ever had like a contract from him. Like I just. It's just a it's just a family vibe, you know. They mm-hmm. take care of you. We and I want to take care of them. Like it's it's just a full heart, full like family vibe there to where like I'll never leave. So dope. And then you go to Day in the Dirt and you have every <laughs> single kid in there. You know, it's like there's thousands of people that go to that race. I don't know how many people in like ninety percent of them are. It's just grown into this. It just seems really cool. It started as this really small company, and all of a sudden oh, yeah. it's like whoa. I it's say insane. it all the time because you go to Supercross. How many people did you see racing in Fast House? Not very many. Zero. Zero. Yeah, exactly. Zero. Absolutely zero. Like, but like if you maybe go to, one. Yeah, maybe one. But if you go to the local track, how many people are in Fast House? <laughs> yeah, like ninety nine percent. Yeah, of them. totally. It's insane. It like, definitely works on Chris. Yeah, I got. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, I'm a <laughs> avid add to cart. Boop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a He's actually the top spender. There. <laughs> yeah, top spender. Yeah, number one. He's a frequent, yeah. frequent yeah, spending. Like, yeah. Spender of the month. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know when they. G- I got a, like a ten percent off code. I thought I'm actually factory. I'm on the team. They don't know that, but like, yeah. <laughs> in your just, mind, in my yeah. mind, I am. They're like, who is this? That ten percent off. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he abuses that code. He's yeah. Like, add to cart everything. Like, gee, we gotta get a new code. We gotta get a new code asap. No, but I, I, I think I bought in for that reason because you're like these guys are like there's all these brands and and it's all serious. It's about selling gear, but you buy you go to this event and you just are like, holy shit, this is awesome. It's like going to a concert and you buy the band tee. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you go you go oh, to the day in the dirt. The band. And, yeah. yeah, you go to the day in the dirt. You buy the band tee, and that's what. That's, and then you're in the band. And then you're in the band. It's crazy. Like, yeah, I'm in. Chris is in the band. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a good time. Um, Should we drink some pub beer? Oh shit, I forgot about that. Yeah. It's time for that, buds. Let's get into the pub beer crapshoot. Welcome to the pub beer crapshoot. Oh yeah, but before we do that, we got to talk to you guys about pub beer. How is that thing, buds? It is. I haven't sipped it. Let's go. Yeah. As always, cheap, fun, and delicious. Wow, I love that. Now, if you're thinking about responsibly having one maybe two beers maybe 20 what are you gonna choose every time pub beer now if you're also thinking about blacking out drinking 45 beers waking up face down in a bush what are you gonna choose pub beer every wow, time well said buds okay with that being said let's get into the crapshoot uh you guys should both roll some dice you roll two we'll tell you what you got to do okay here we go the goon gear is a six we got a seven goon gear. seven 
Who is one of your favorite people to party with? Tyler Beerman. Give <laughs> <laughs> an air horn. That's a, it's actually the correct answer. I, yep. think. I lived with that for two years. <laughs> uh, that is the only answer. <laughs> <laughs> Professional partier. Oh, yeah. Great. All right. Well, now you got to roll in, Vicky. How about a five? What do we got? Five. Okay. Would you rather have a tattoo designed by Grand Urine, tattooed by Eastone, or designed by Eastone and tatted by Chris? Ooh. I feel like you have some good artwork, so I might I might have you go designer. And then Bud's tat? You should know. see his you handwriting. That might be a mistake. <laughs> that would be a problem. <laughs> Where do we have to put this thing? <laughs> Wherever. There's okay. no guys. Is this like a full sleeve thing? Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> oh, let's roll again. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of tattoos, you're, you're covered in them, Seth. Yeah, I got a couple job stoppers. All over your neck, your head. Um fingers fingers yeah i just i gotta know what that the parents uh like first time coming home neck tat what do they what do they say so it's actually funny because like i was just telling you out there when i was like 17 i think i was like i gotta get one and my mom like i'm a mama's boy 110 percent. like growing up oh yeah Uh, she's Uh she's an angel and uh so girl i was like mom i want one and she was like i don't really see what's so bad about them but my dad was like no you're not getting one. And he, my dad was like, I'll give you a thousand bucks not to go get it. And I'm like, okay. And then I still went and got it. <laughs> he gave you the Thowie or no? No, he never gave nah. me the Thowie. And then like, it took a while for him to warm up to him. And then it like, it kind of just turned into, I don't even know. I mean, this. you're a Harley guy. You kind of got to have some tattoos, don't you? Oh, I got a couple. Yeah. And then like, it's funny though. Like I started and then like I did like stuff on my arms and then I like, once I got my arms done, I did my hand. So like, I didn't do like the new cool thing to like, I can't stand when like you go out in public and now when like kids have their hands tattooed and no tattoos anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I'm like, or you, neck too. You yeah. I'm like, you just want to be seen by people. Like when I started getting tattooed, like. My tattoo artist is like, fuck that, you earn them. He's like, we start under the clothes and we work your way out. Mm-hmm. So, like, for years, I was getting my stomach done, my chest done, my arms. And then once I got, like, half of a bodysuit done, they were like, okay, we can do your neck now. So, like, I slowly worked my way, like, inside out. And then I got, I put dumb luck on my knuckles. But then I also realized it says dumb fuck if you move <laughs> your fingers. <laughs> and I never noticed Whoops. that to the lady at the grocery store. That said, they have fuck on my knuckles. So you, have, you have fuck on your hand. Though. Yeah, I have dumb yeah. fuck. No, but dumb what, fuck. what if you do it the other way? What does it say? I don't know. It says dumb luck and fistful. Oh, fistful. Oh, got it. Yeah, I like it. I don't really, I, but I don't know how I messed that up and I put fuck there. <laughs> <laughs> Solid. <laughs> and then I, it took a while before I did my neck. And then once I did my neck, I started, I like did one side of my head and like I bicked it and I was like, fuck it. I, got, I can grow hair and it'll go back over it. And then. I like did it, hair grew back over it, and I was like, God, I just want to do the whole head. And it took me a little while to do it because it sucks. Well, that's beautiful. Let's get let's uh get into hot takes, buds. Let's do it. So hot takes, uh, we'll run through both of uh both of your guys. Um so we do it with snowboarding. Seth, maybe we'll do it for you for snowboarding too. But um first, Vicky, let's do um Michael Jordan or Goat of Motocross, who you got? That's a tough one. But I, I want to say it's James Stewart. Yeah. He's solid. Yeah. I like it. I was Never thought, heard I of thought, him. I thought you were going to say Carmichael. A lot of people say Carmichael, but uh, Stewart. I, I, I mean, he, he is good, but I mean, like, if we're going, like, results-based only, sure, but 
Raw speed. No, we're all we're all about style. Okay, Stu, that love it. Wh- who you got? I'm a big Stewart fan too. All right, just Stu. like the stuff that he would do, he'd like no one else was doing. Mm-hmm. True, no one's gonna argue that. All right, what who you got in snowboarding? Me? Yeah, JP Walker. Oh wow, I like 110. percent Not only that. because like his riding, but just like the whole style and like. I just feel like everything he brought to the sport was just, it's so different. And to this day is like, feel like it's so much because of him. Love it. Who's the most underrated? Let's do moto for this one. Who's most underrated. That's a tough underrated. One. Um, like, oh. I mean, I would say if we're going like freestyle stuff, uh, a dude named Brody Wilson. You'll probably like he's. I don't. He's know. from Massachusetts. He is from Mass. Come an air horn. He yeah. likes. He likes Duncan. Yeah, all of his tricks are like insane, and like extension holding the trick, like every single thing is insane. But for some reason, no one knows who he is, and I don't get that because he's an insane rider. Yeah, put me in that category. I'm learning about him now. Yeah, who, who you got? It's funny because we literally talk about Brody all the time because I'm like, how the hell is he not one of like the most known names because everything he does, it looks effortless. Yeah, it's huge. And like you tell people about Brody and they're like, who's Brody? And I'm like, he's just, I don't know. Everything he does is like picture perfect, like bolts, everything's dialed. It's sick. Okay. Who's got the best style ever? That's a tough one. Man. Cause I'm a big TB and Axel fan. New gen. Yeah. New school's taking them, taking them oh, out. Yeah. I think, like, their style, like, is just, it's so sick. Like, I, like, I tell Tyler all the time, like, dude, like, watching your stuff is just, like, slow motion art. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you almost have to, like, it's tough because the amount of stuff Axel does with style is insane. But then you go back to Tyler, and he doesn't do, like, all these, like, weird, like, ter- turn up, like, can-cans. Like, he doesn't do, like stoppies and like staying on a seat doesn't do anything and he is still so well known for just style like he doesn't flip he doesn't do tricks he, I mean, he doesn't act not to like knock him but you know what i'm getting at like he doesn't he doesn't do flips he doesn't do anything else but he's so freaking like you just can't stop watching him ride it's insane like yeah. axel has all these jibs and all this crazy stuff and you can't stop watching him because he does the amount of stuff he does is endless but it's just crazy because tb I could watch him whip all day, and I'm just still jaw dropped. That's so dope. That that is a tough one because both of them fuel the fire. Oh yeah, watching them insane. together, like mm-hmm. we call them Dumb and Dumber. They're perfect oh for each other. They like knuckle 150 foot jump. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, they're dude, like, you almost died. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he's like, that was kind of gnarly. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Dumb and Dumber, that's tight. dude. And literally, Axel and TV together are like two of like you just watching them exist. You just can't stop. You know who they I think? call each other Beavis and Butthead? Oh, yeah. Like we found out when they're on the show. You know who I think the go-to motocross is? Who's that? PH. <sighs> oh, man. PH is a hell of a human. <laughs> well, you can't say that. His head's going to get so big. Yeah. Huh? Oh, because oh, he's yeah. going to, after he watched he's going to watch You hear what Andrew said? You hear him? No. Yeah, I knew. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear what they said on their podcast? He's the best writer out there. And I was the best man. Well, I'm actually why Axel did everything. I mean, you know that. Uh, I get him so mad that he actually, he's so fucking pissed off. Then he goes and hits the jump. It's because it's of me. It's all because of fucking me. Philip makes you feel fast standing still. <laughs> yeah. You're like, Jesus, you're going fast. <laughs> Holy smokes. Uh, okay. Um, what else we got? Oh, we got worst trend. What do you got? TikTok. Can't stand it. 
And like, like I feel like I, I just don't like it. And I mean, unfortunately, like I like, you know, social media is a big thing. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I fucking can't stand it because all it showcases is fake fucking people. And I can't take that. Like, I can't, like, when I meet somebody in real life and then you see how they are on the computer, you're like, ugh. <laughs> but, like, it's like, I mean, maybe it's from New England and people are like, like, when I first drove out here, like, people, like, I was like, why the fuck are these people talking to me when I'm pumping gas? Like, you come from New England, everyone's like, I fucking hate my job. What the fuck are you looking at? I'm going home eating a crawler. That's it. So I would probably say TikTok. Respectable answer. <laughs> Good answer. This is a great answer. A lot of passion in that answer, too. A lot of oh, East yeah. Coast. That e- your East Coast is showing. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. what, just me being grumpy? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think mine's kind of a catch-22 because it's like, I think the ability to like pick and choose what you can put on your Instagram because there's so many people that we'll, you'll see on Instagram, you're like, oh, man, that dude's fast. And then you see him at the track, and he can't do a lap. And I'm just like, oh, man. It's about the angle of the dangle. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, man. Like, it just, it drives me nuts because you can't, you you have zero ability to ride dirt bike, but you're famous on Instagram for it. And I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) They just show their best life, basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. I like to show everything. The temper tantrums, the bike Mm -hmm. in the bushes. Which is good. That's good. Keep it real. You got to. No choice. Instead of some fake life. It's an interesting thing nowadays, thinking about that with, like, you know, kids growing up so much in the computers. You know, luckily, like, you know, we're old enough that, I mean, it's definitely a huge part of our life. I think technology is great because you can FaceTime your loved ones. You can oh, absolutely. brings you closer. But there's also like this. There's almost like some people start having, you start having two personalities. You're like mm-hmm. the, you're this way on the internet, but you're this way in person, and it's it's definitely a bizarre time to grow up. Oh um, yeah, we call them a chameleon. They change with what they're around. Mm-hmm. But it's so true. I love it, but I hate it at the same time. Yeah, true. It's yeah, definitely a thing we luckily didn't have to deal with growing up but yeah i wasn't allowed a cell phone until i was 16 that's sick yeah i mean buds how they didn't exist when i was (laughs) (laughs) pager i had a pager i like that even talking about driving cross country i was he was talking about i was thinking when you were talking i was like we used the map the first time i drove cross country like just like oh yeah like highlighting where you want to go like a big you had a big atlas like it seems that seems like if i was like all right i'm driving to massachusetts i got a fucking atlas or i'm (laughs) going like to idaho and i'm gonna pull out my atlas like that seems fucking crazy right now Uh, dude my dad still drives with a fucking road atlas does he he's just like in the front just a big 24 inch (laughs) 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 hits my mom in the face and he's like oh yep okay but like to this day like i'll always remember the time that i was driving through my dad would drive from Connecticut through the cross Bronx in New York and turn, he'd do 400 miles a night and I'm literally on the phone with him. He's like, all right, well now you're through the cross Bronx. You're going to get in the left lane. There's a big pothole on the right. There's going to be blowouts. And I'm like signal on and sure as shit. And there's two cars with a blowout. And I'm like, what the fuck? This guy's a genius. <laughs> He's a road dog. But like he taught me the first road trip I did. He made me bring an Atlas. I could never fold those things back up. Never. Once they're <laughs> no. Yeah. And then you unfold them. There's 19 different squares. Yeah, you're and you're just like, like, what you're like, is up? Like, what mile marker is that? I don't even know anymore. And you're like, my iPhone was two minutes longer than it was supposed to be. God damn it. Like nowadays, there's such spoiled uh, pieces of shit. Dude, but do you remember the first like Garmin like window oh, units oh, you yeah. put on? There was like a suction cup. Dude. And then if they fall off the suction cup when you're driving, you're like, oh, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> terrifying. I don't know how my parents did it because they that was like we would like load up to go to like Tennessee from California, and my dad was like, "Did you get the MapQuest printed out?" And I'm just like, "We're driving across country with just like 
okay, step-by-step directions, too, of, like, if you miss one, you're just going. Mm. True. If you miss one of those steps, like, it's kind of detrimental. Forgot about map quest. 18 miles, make a left turn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm just like, (laughs) we're so spoiled now. (laughs) I totally forgot about map quest is awful, and, like, you'd have them in order wrong, and you're like, hey, 26 miles, turn on a, uh, like, Hubbard Boulevard, and, and you're just like, the fuck fuck this was page two I need page three <laughs> just all panicking and shit so true ah spoiled now good shit alright I got a couple I kind of these are kind of hot take shoot offs between because we have two of you in the booth so I thought it'd be funner uh okay who's cleaner not me he's real stinky yeah I fart a lot oh yeah okay who's more likely to end up in jail still him <laughs> <laughs> okay who's more stubborn that one, uh, well, that's a pretty close. Yeah, no, that's here. a pretty close one because yeah. I'm real stubborn, but sometimes it, on like, the bike, me off the bike, him. Yeah, because <laughs> on the bike, I'm like whatever, but like in life, stubbornness, it's bad. I know. I just walk away. I'm like, why don't you just do it this way? It'll be easier. And he's like, no. And I'm like, okay. And I just like now I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I'll just like wait 20, 30 minutes and come back. And that's normally when we ended up doing what I suggested anyways. <laughs> so I just like give it the time and come back. <laughs> Whatever. Your East Coast is showing there too as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Who's faster on a dirt bike? Her. Still me. <laughs> hey, who's faster in a foot race? Me. Oh, yeah. He's got me. <laughs> even, with it, bat, it, even with a bad yeah. Achilles, I can turn her on. Yeah, Those the, Achilles hurt when they fuck. go. Huh? I've heard about Dude, that. Dude, it's brutal. And like mine was like worst case. Like, I mean, I was an idiot. Was being, it like curl up or something? Oh, yeah. It was like oh, yeah. stuck halfway up my thigh. And then you just can't even use it? No, I had like, I had drop foot, but like my problem is, is I'm like, oh, like every one of like our friends, like they blow their ankles apart. So instantly I was like, oh, I broke my ankle. So I waited like four days before I went to the doctors walking on it. Oh, you were? Oh, yeah, for like four days. I thought you couldn't even walk. That's crazy. Oh, I just like would lock out my knee and then just like just frankenfoot it. Just Just in pain. (laughs) Yeah, and then eventually. That's where the stubbornness came back in. He's like, no, I'm not going to the doctor. And I'm like, you probably should. It's purple. (laughs) And it rolls up your back of your leg like you're saying. So if you went earlier, it would have been not as bad. If you would have went earlier and if you wouldn't have kept walking on it, it would have been way better. Yeah. Because it starts to heal up your leg like that. Oh, no. Yeah. But you didn't take the advice. No, respect. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we get we get this question a lot, and I think it's interesting. You guys have obviously obliter- obliterated your bodies multiple times, all kinds of injuries. I get messages from kids like, "Hey, man, I just blew out my knee. Like, or what do you? How do I? What do you recommend I do? What do you guys have? Do you have any advice for people who just got injured that are like in the in the hurt box right now? I don't know if you want to take his advice, dude. He just walks no. around. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm bad. Yeah, just yeah, ignore it. Yeah, don't. <laughs> you can't even talk. Oh, no, I'm like full denial. And Both I'll, I'll like, yeah, you're taping up I your, like your felt wrists. it crack, and I'm like, no, um, it's all right. <laughs> Nothing wrong. Um, <laughs> nope. And I'm just more in denial because I know, like, the minute I go to my doctor, it's going to be like, oh, Time yeah. Time off the bike. Worst right? case scenario, you definitely need surgery and all this stuff. And even, like, when I exploded my foot at Imagination, I was just sitting there and I was just quiet because, like, I knew. But they're like, "How's it feeling?" Like, it's uh, it's all right. It's fine. Yeah, and I was like, even like I went to the ho- like the the physio there. He's like, "Can you go get an X ray just to see what we're working with?" So now I I know how to like tape you up. And inside, I'm still like, 
I don't think I can pull this one. But you're I, like, I, I don't, don't want to have know. this guy see my X-ray. And then I, sure enough, like I went to the ex- got an X-ray, and the doctor comes in. And he's like, "Oh yeah, you're done." Yeah. And I'm like, "Well, no, like, because you guys say that a lot, so I don't trust you, even though you're a certified doctor. They don't do care." Say that, huh? Yeah. I'm like, let me see the X-ray because I am a doctor. So <laughs> <laughs> like, Happy Gilmore. What do I know? I'm just a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, still full denial. And at this point, it's hurting so bad, I definitely can't even walk anymore. But I'm just like hobbling through the pain like fighting it and then i see the x-ray and like the bones dislocated it's just like this in my foot and just like not even close to being like slightly broken it's fully broken not even lined up anymore and i'm like okay yeah the doctor might be right <laughs> time to take a break and yeah. we we all like i use like she got me introduced to her foot doctor and then i get introduced to her other doctor so like Pretty share m- doctors. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And it's just funny because like we were just, I just seen our doctor the other day. And then like when I did my like Achilles, he got the MRI report and it was like full rupture, need repair. And I was like, I still responded, said, okay, so what does this mean? And he circled <laughs> ruptured. ruptured. Need, and I was like, okay, so what does that mean? He's like, you need surgery tomorrow. And I was like, shit. <laughs> but like that, honestly, I think like the best thing with like getting hurt is just like, it doesn't, yeah, it sucks, but it doesn't last forever. And it's like as stupid as it is, I'm sure you know, like when you're hurt and like even though like the thing that like did it to you, whether it's snowboarding or dirt bikes, like how whatever got you hurt, all you really want to do is get back on it, which makes no sense at no, all. That's true. But it like, it actually like, it means a lot coming from like someone who's had that injury or a similar injury. Because, like, they kind of, like, walk you through it, too. Like, even, like, dumb little stuff. Like, I when I, I shattered my heel into, like, a million pieces, and, like, it was, like, a, almost, like, career-ending completely. And I had, like, I had compartment syndrome, which is, like, basically if you if you start losing toes and, like, you would lose your yeah. leg if it doesn't get, re- the pressure doesn't get released because you build up so much that things just start dying. So, like, I, I that's what Ken Roxon had when, when he did his arms, and he reached out and was like, dude, how are you doing, like, and I had so many people that, like, shattered their heel and be, like, reaching out, like, asking how I'm doing and, like, oh, this part of it sucks, but this part's really good. And then, like, even, like, just little stuff of, like, oh, go go get this orthotic. It, may, it makes a huge difference. And, like, just that little stuff of, like, knowing that, like, someone else has been through this and they're back on their bike. So, like, okay, like, this is, this is manageable. We can do this. Mm-hmm. And, like, even, like I said, now I have people hit me up, like, oh, I did my ankle like that, like, I even like they even go what well, what doctor did you go to and I send them to my doctor and like they go see him so I don't know even it's just like we never send stuff. our doctor good patients no never yeah <laughs> he's always repeat like, customers you, probably he's oh, always yeah. like you guys send me the most fucked up feet and angles he's like you never send <laughs> yeah. me like an easy job unfortunately I've had like I don't know like at least eight surgeries just on my ankles and they're all pretty much from the same doctor so me yeah. and him are super tight <laughs> we we get along just just fine because I've seen him so <laughs> much giving this guy a lot of oh money. yeah and I've sent him a lot of patients so like in in after his injury with his Achilles he called me right after the surgery and I was just sitting in the parking lot waiting for him so he called me and like I've sent him some other people that had some pretty like extensive work done and so this was like the second or third person that I've like sent to him that like I knew that it was like going to be really 
tricky to repair and he calls me right after and he's like dude like super frustrated <laughs> and he was like dude i i can't take any more of your referrals this is getting <laughs> this is getting ridiculous <laughs> and he was like it you know it wasn't just like you know he's like i had like the perfect incision and i was getting ready to pull and thing just like wouldn't latch on i couldn't get it to pull down so i had to make the incision a little bigger He's like, my perfect little incision. Then I just had to say, screw it, and I had to cut his whole leg open. Wow. And he was just so frustrated with me on the phone because he's like, it wasn't just a clean tear. thing. He's like, the thing exploded in there. He's like, oh, it was just a nightmare. He's like, I had three doctors in there helping me. Jeez, and it was just so like, fucked. it was just so funny because he's just calling me to vent. <laughs> and he's like, I can't Thanks take for this yeah, referral, Yeah, you got Vicky. a surgeon but, calling you to vent. But at the same time, I, like he goes on like a lot of vacations. Yeah, and He's in this area. Yeah, he flies to Salt Lake almost oh, really? every weekend just to go. He loves snowboarding and give but, him an air horn. Oh yeah, but he uh, he'll go on like a vacation. I'm like, and then I'll be like, did my surgery pay for that one? <laughs> 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 and I'm like, when are you taking me? I'm like, I'm like, I've got to have at least ten percent on this commission mm-hmm. by now. I'm like, I've had eight or so surgeries with you. <laughs> yeah, you should be getting so like good. Eight, eight surgeries, one free type of. Oh deal. yeah, it was funny though for day in the dirt. Well, when I, the first year of imagination, so two years ago, I I literally blew up my foot and I I texted him my pictures and he was like, oh, well, he's like, how'd you manage that one? That thing looks messed up. And so like I literally I landed in San Diego with Twitch and I got my truck from his house and I went straight from there to his office to show him the X-rays and so he could call and like line up the surgery and stuff. Damn. And sure enough, I told him like, hey, like. I got a I got a race in like a month I need I need to do. And he and I was like I wasn't really like asking. I'm like I'm doing day in the dirt. Like it means this as much to me that yeah. I'm I'm like I'm doing day in the dirt. I'm like what do we got to do? He's like, "Oh, all right. I didn't know this was like uh, a demands." And <laughs> I was just like, "Oh, I'm doing it." And he's like, "All right." He's like, "I'm going to put an extra to an extra plate in there and an extra couple screws so you can do day in the dirt." So wow. I have more hardware in my foot. Just because I wanted to race day in the dirt. <laughs> that's kind of psycho. Yeah, that's nuts. Uh, that's actually funny. You say that. Our, the the surgeon that does a lot of snowboarders here, um, he was explaining to me. He's like, he's like, you know, you guys put your body through a lot more than the average person. So the average person, I might put this rod in, but I know that you guys are gonna really be like. It's like bigger suspension on your bike. Oh, you yeah. guys, are, we're gonna put thicker rods in for you guys because we know you're putting your body through more. Oh yeah. Super oh, they know. Interesting. Yeah, oh, they yeah. know. And it's also funny because the two like are like normal doctor, and then the surgeon are also really good friends. So they like text back and forth, just talking shit on us all the time <laughs> oh, about absolutely. how beat up we are. Or I like I tried to go around the the surgeon. And I, like, went to Navarro. He's, like, our guy for, like, all the physio and stuff like that. And I, like, tried to go around Nas, our surgeon, and be like, oh, can I get the stitches taken out yet? And he's like, no. So I went over to Navarro. I'm like, hey, can you take my stitches out? Do it. And then he, like, texts. He's like, he's like, the surgeon said you can't take these out yet. And I'm like, why? I was just like, we're just, like, dumb children when it comes to that stuff. We just want to get out. Anything to get out faster. Yeah, like, right now, I just obliterated my shoulder. Older, super common injury a lot of people do it um and it's like i can't the biggest thing with injuries is i i can't get exercise right now so my like my ment it fucks up my mental like i don't i can't go snowboard or ride my dirt bike or skate or yeah you know, aside from sitting on a on an aerodyne bike basically or sitting on a, on a on a bike like how do you guys get through the mental aspect of like all right i'm on the couch for fucking 
X amount of months. Yeah. That shit's tough. Video games. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she's good at video games. Yeah, yeah. I unfortunately only had a PS2, and then from mm-hmm. there on out, I've just been screwed. <laughs> Well, you just get sucked into video games, and that's pretty much the only way you survive is just, like, <laughs> keeping your mind busy with something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because honestly, like, the biggest thing of being hurt is, like, like you wake up. Like, when you're healthy, like, you have a routine. So, like, you wake up, and then before you know it, you're going back to bed. But when you're hurt, I like, I feel like the days drag on. And, like, when you can't exercise, you, you're sitting on the couch. Like, that, to me, is is super hard because like I can't sit still like I oh, he was the worst yeah. I'm late for stuff when I'm th- there's nothing to be late for like oh, I'm yeah. gonna rush for nothing so honestly like when I was laid up like the hardest thing for me was obviously like not being able to exercise because like I couldn't even keep like the second I'd put my foot down it would swell up so bad I'd be like screwed so like all day on the couch elevated and then like it was just like trying to be patient and like I was like a stubborn angry prick which um, just it was awful. Like I literally remember one time, like she was like trying to chill me out. And I was like, I'm like, I'm like, you don't even know what it's like. And I was like, fuck, I'm such an asshole. You literally almost lost your foot. Like, you don't know what this yeah. is like. Jack. I'm like, Actually, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I'm like, well, DoorDash ice cream. I'm sorry. <laughs> but honestly, just like trying to find stuff to like chill your mind out is the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. And like, she brought me some video games and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. I know. Yeah. He was like, I don't play video games. And I'm like, you need to play them. <laughs> I'm like, just do this. Yeah. I'm like, and he was just sucked in for like, it, it lasted a good while. I'm like, perfect. Mm-hmm. But he was like the worst at being injured. Because he would yeah. like, I was, I like took my time off riding. I didn't really ride and just took care of him. And I literally, he would like set an alarm for like 7 a.m. Yeah, and I'm I, like, why are you, why I would are you set an setting alarm. an alarm? I would set an alarm and make her get up, put different clothes on me. And then I'd go sit on the couch. He was like, it's time to go sit on the couch now. And I'm like, what? You are from the East Coast. Oh, yeah. Classic. Oh classic. yeah. I like, I was a complete opposite. <laughs> I'm like, I want to take as much CBD as possible and I want to sleep through as much mm-hmm. of the day and just get this thing over with. And I just want to be unconscious for most of it. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like complete opposite. He's like, let's, I need to go sit on the couch time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? Because to <laughs> me, like that was like a routine. Like I would get up, I would get ready for the day. And unfortunately my fucking day was the couch. Mm-hmm. But like, at least like that gave me a little bit of spirit mm-hmm. to being like, oh, okay, I can do it. And then like once I was able to like, use crutches and everything like that was huge. But then it was to the point too, where I was like, how much can I use them? Like we got a knee scooter, which I started doing. And then like, once like you start getting out and like eat, dude, I would sit outside and just eat breakfast. And I'm like, oh, it's so nice out here. <laughs> yeah. The, the video game thing's pretty interesting too. I think about like my, my game is uh, NHL. I love playing NHL, like whatever. Uh, the And so you could tell the years I got hurt. Cause I'd have like NHL 12 and then I wouldn't have like, <laughs> then I get like, NHL 15 <laughs> and I'd have like NHL 17 but like the year I'm like I haven't I haven't bought a video game in a while it's fucking I'm yeah. We're doing pretty good. You just know all the years you're, you're like, what year did you break this? You're like, hold on, let me look at my video game yeah. stash. It's <laughs> so true because like the other night I was like, what video games do you got? She's like, ah, oh, they're pretty old. And what were we playing? Oh, I don't even know. Need for Speed or oh, something. Yeah, Need for Speed was sweet. And she's like, check out all my cars I bought. I'm like, God, you did play this game. <laughs> yeah. These are awful. <laughs> It was pretty funny though. His uh, his surgery got delayed by like twelve hours, so fucked. he was like completely grumpy. And I it was during like prime COVID stuff, and I I had to sit in the parking lot and just wait. And he was so pissed off and grumpy. And I was only I allow, I was allowed to like sneak him in some like 
basically Zins. And that was like the only thing. Yeah, I no, they were the like, morning. no food, no nothing to drink. So I was just putting pouches in the whole day. And just he was, zinging. oh, he was so pissed off and grumpy. And they kept just like pushing it off. It wasn't like, okay, it's going to be at this time. They kept just like pushing it and pushing it with like timing of like the surgery center and like all this stuff. So it just kept getting pushed. And he didn't eat all day. So he's just like fired up and grumpy. And he finally was just like, he's like, I'm going to leave. I'm like, no, you can't leave. You have to get it fixed. Like, it's not something you can just, like, put off. I'm like, he's like, no, fuck this. I'm leaving. And he was finally so pissed off. He's like, fuck this. I'm leaving. I'd rather just walk like you the rest of my life. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. <laughs> and, I, and he, like, texted back immediately and was like, oh, I'm sorry. And then I, like, texted the surgeon. I'm like, hey, can we, like, get him something? Because he's getting fired up. <laughs> I got a bunch of morphine and I fell asleep. <laughs> You guys need to sedate this guy. Dude, it was fucked. Like, I got to that surgery. Like, literally, I think we were there at, like, 7 in the morning. I didn't get operated until 10 o'clock at night. So I was sitting in the hospital all day with no food, no water. Like, I don't even know what they, other than just nicotine. That's the only thing I was feeding my fire. Yeah, that's definitely really good for you. I know they they love that when you do that. And she couldn't, like, like she said, she couldn't even sit in there and visit me. Because, like, it was during the COVID oh, yeah, shit. That was, yeah. that was sad. Time. So, so I, was I just, couldn't even, like, make him stay in the hospital bed. I'm like, oh, he's probably halfway out the yeah. door. <laughs> so the whole time I was just buzzing her, buzzing her, buzzing her. And then eventually they just gave me so much morphine. I was just like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to basically, uh, we always do setups with our guests. Usually it's a snowboard. But uh, what's your what's your moto setup and what's your Harley setup? Run us through it before you wrap this thing up. Dude, my, my setups are probably going to take a while. Like specific bike set up for like a motocross track softer suspension that like works better for like bumps and stuff and then freestyle bike we go pretty in tune with everything and i'm pretty like not picky but like i've noticed the dumbest stuff like i can notice like i used to cut my handlebars in just to like make it a little bit more like for leverage and then my mechanic complained so much that i stopped doing it but one time like i didn't cut them enough and i was like i cut them like 12 mil which is like this much and i didn't cut one side enough i'm like it's off and I could just tell the dumbest stuff, but I try and like back that off. So like, I just like make sure now, like pretty much all my freestyle bikes, I literally all take like a level two and just make sure my levers on my handlebars are set. And if those are in like the same spot, I'm good. But we do like set up for like suspension, obviously like for grab tricks, we have to like cut our air box, relocate our battery for like electric start because it's like right where our hands go for grabs. So we, like, kind of move some stuff around for that, um, just small stuff like relocating wires for, like, cables just to, like, kind of accommodate a, some extra parts we put on our bike for freestyle. But, yeah, I'm not, like, super picky. I've pretty much found what I like now, and thankfully, like, it, nothing really ever changes. So Are all your bikes set. the same brands? Yeah, they're all the same brands. I have one that's, like, an off, like, fun bike that's, like, an older bike that I ride now. But everything else is, like, I keep them all the same brands. Uh, I used to, like, just have, So they feel the same. Yeah. I used to just be, like, oh, whatever I can get, I'll ride. But now What is it? I ride KX450s now, and I get them through a pretty rad dealership up north, Motorsport Hillsborough. And they're, like, they're super easy. Thank you. And they're super easy to work with. And they're just, like, it's literally funny because the one race at Washougal I met you at they that's the one race they're like if you come do this race for us we'll give you bikes for the year and it's just some random like pacific northwest pride race and they just want this trophy and they're like you come race and we'll help you with bikes hey, well <laughs> they beat team bomb hall i'll tell you Ooh. yeah team what is it mountain sports motorsport or no or what's the what's the brand that gives you the bikes 
Uh, it's Motorsport Hillsboro. Motorsport Hillsboro. Yeah, yeah. Motorsport Hillsboro. Yeah. yeah. They won. You guys won. Right. Yeah, that's literally like I said. It's the that's w- their it's, pride. No one knows what this race is except for everyone in the Pacific Northwest, and it's the biggest deal. You could you could bring. They do have a national motocross national at this track, and it's probably bigger bigger than that. And that's wow. that's pretty much how I get my bikes every year is through them. And you know, it, it's pretty easy for me now that I've been on them for so long that I just I pull the parts off the old ones, put them on the new ones, and we're we're pretty good to go. Killer. Seth, what do you got? What well, are you rocking with? Bike setup. This could take a while too. So <laughs> we, I, I, we only let me check here. We have uh, 120 hours left on this card, so just try to keep it in there. Okay. Oh, man, I don't know. That's, that's <laughs> tough. Got a lot, a lot of bikes. <laughs> but no, I mean Harley stuff is like I always try to set them up like as close to like a moto bike as you can, and I always run like I like run shorter bars and stuff, but I always try to like, similar to what she says, I like, I have a couple bikes and I try to make them all feel the same, but I also, I like have my seeds custom made so they push me forward because I'm vertically challenged. So I'm short as shit. So I have trouble with like the reaching stuff, but, uh, obviously like I got a suspension company out in the, uh, Sturgis, South Dakota legend suspension. They're pro- top notch. So they make them like, I mean, they're, they're heavy ass bikes and they always like get them dialed in. So Pretty much like suspension is a necessity for the Harleys, getting them set up like bars and risers, how you want to feel on them. And then after that, it's kind of like what you want. Like I always do chain drive on them because they come belt, but the belts always snap. So kind of just making them like a little more able to take the abuse because they do break and they break a lot. So you try to minimize that. And then moto, like I'm a big two stroke guy. I don't like 450s because they always want to hurt me. So I like two strokes, but other than that, like two strokes, I'm simple. You could give me pretty much anything to ride other than a 450 and I'll ride it. <laughs> Sick. That's awesome. And also you want to make them look cool too. It's like, I'm a big you fan. Know, of you don't want to take that stock Harley and just ride it. You no, make I it can't do that. Like the build's I, the best part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We didn't really talk about that too much. Like the build that, cause that's something with, with snowboarding. I've gotten grown to love where you set up a snowboard. You may, I like make my time in the garage, but really there's four screws. And maybe you, <laughs> you, you know, you like, you might adjust your forward lean and you, you can, you really can only get so tech with so your setup. You get a 15, 12. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. More nine, uh, negative three or six, Ooh, nine, six negative, negative three. three. I like to keep it pretty straight, knee straight. But, um, for bikes, it's like this whole, like part of the deal is like, all right, I'm, I'm changing my fucking clutch plates or whatever it is. And, oh, that's yeah. gnarly. And it's Suspension like. Suspension alone is just endless. Yeah, the changes you can do. And, like, not to mention how expensive it is. Like, like a good set of suspension, like, it's, like, you can it's spend stupid amounts of money. But, on, like, yeah, building the bikes is honestly one of the funnest parts because, like, I build all my Harleys. So, like, I'll get the frame in the garage and you look at it and you're like, oh, what do I want to do? And then you're like, I want this piece chrome. I want this piece black. And then the more you put it together, it's, like, it's also good. But then, like, you get to a point and you're like, oh, I don't want to use this anymore. I need to do this. So it's like you have it pre-built in your head, but then by the time it is built, it's already changed like 19 times. Mm-hmm. But that's fun. Totally. And there's that like zen thing too, I feel like when you're you're obviously at a certain point in time, it does become a little bit like when's your job, like when you're racing supercross, wrenching on your bike is not a, a probably a fun, it's more of a chore. <laughs> yeah. But when you when you only do it like as a recreationalist, like I fucking love it. I'm like, oh, it's so fun. I need two hours. I'm putting on a podcast or whatever. And I'm just going to just turn some T handles and change the plastic. And it's just awesome. I don't know. It's fun. Yeah. And it's like, fuck. I mean, we just did two stroke national. And like we were literally in the garage till midnight 
putting bikes together so we could go and race the next day. And like, yeah, there's times where it sucks, but at the end of the day, like the garage is my happy place. Mm -hmm. I love it. And like, I just find something like I'll go out there and not even really work on anything. Sometimes like she knows, like I'll just go out there and like take a seat off, look at the filter and be like, eh, I just might put the seat back on. But like, I just <laughs> love being out there. Like I'm a tinkerer. Mm -hmm. Like I, I always love working on stuff. So that's why I like building the bikes and this being surrounded by the motor, like motorcycle aspect is sick. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Okay. Well, we're going to probably wrap this thing up before we do. Do you want to uh, throw any thank yous? I'm going to go a big thank you to Bombhole Racing. Woo! I'm trying to get that sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> I heard they t they picked up Chris, so I'm like, oh, maybe they'll get another room for another rider. Yeah, we can. Well, uh, let's be honest. Chris sponsored himself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's a pretty hard sweatshirt, though. I'm trying to work towards that. Yeah, yeah. We can, I'm uh, sending my resume. Yeah, send the resume. Right we'll, we'll review yeah. it. We'll review it. Maybe, you, a, maybe a discount code. I'm yeah. open. I'd and, go for a 10. Well, 10 if you guys, uh, maybe like a list of results and stuff okay. like that. Okay. You guys got that? That'd be, Achievements? We're, uh, we're a results-based company. I so we are. Yeah, yeah. We're I got my 2023 <laughs> schedule all printed out. Already. Yeah. I got yeah, Maybe some podium incentive, too. We can look at that. I could do that. Okay. Yeah, so okay. maybe match your X Games winning, something like that. We'll see what we do. Re Reels play bonuses? <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> what else? You got, you got any thank yous, uh, Seth, before we throw, throw a bow on this thing? I mean, definitely we got the bomb hole. I'm stoked to be here, and thank you guys for having me. And it's crazy how we met years and years later from something not even what I intended to be doing for a living. But, I mean, obviously all the companies and families who support me and keep me going to be able to do what I do and actually call a job. I really don't know what that is yet, but we're working towards it. But yeah, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here. Amazing. Well, appreciate you guys coming on the show. It's been a blast chatting with you guys. And I want to say thank you to all of our listeners, all of our viewers, anybody that's bought a piece of merch, all of our sponsors, you guys fucking rule. And we will see you next week over and out from the bomb hole. <laughs>